Welcome to this week's Sports Block Podcast. We have the NFL playoffs are set. We have a national champion in college football. Coaches are being fired left and right. A lot to react to, a lot to get to, and who better to do that with than my good friend and co-host of this fine podcast, Travis Krenz. I am, of course, uh, your your host uh, as well, Nathan Stacken. Travis, how are we doing? It's been a couple of weeks, and we always start with the weather. Yep. And it, it was so goddamn cold, Stacken. It was so goddamn cold. It was really cold. Around New Year's, 25, 30 below wind chills. I'm sure it was probably even colder up there. It was yes. bad. Yes, it was. It was not fun. It was not great. No, but now it was 50 degrees yesterday. We got a couple inches of snow, maybe some freezing rain, which isn't great on Friday. So, um, yeah, the snow's all melted for the most part, so that's I'm a fan of that. But uh, more crap coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, here coming up on Friday. So. Yeah, we're supposed to get anywhere from like three to five inches of snow. I think more like the southwest p- corner of the state. So Marshall, Marshall, yeah. Marshall, uh, Trey Lance's hometown uh, is getting about maybe eight inches up to a foot. Iowa's supposed to get nailed, so Charlie's going to have to suffer through it. So yeah, a lot to a lot to get to. Um, do we want to start with the head coaching firings or the national champion? Vikings. All right, let's get to it here. Uh, they beat the Bears on Sunday. Not great. Like I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm fine that they won the end of the season. The, the first half looked absolutely terrible, and like, okay, this might be good. I don't know if they would have finished third or not. You would have liked to play the Houston Texans, but instead the Vikings finished second. They will get the New Orleans Saints and the Arizona Cardinals, which is good. Uh, but they also get the Indianapolis Colts, which might be good because the Colts lost to the clown face Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's great. But then Monday comes, you expect the news to fall at some point that Mike Zimmer is going to be fired as Vikings head coach. He was. He was the first firing of the day. Vic Fangio was fired on Sunday as head coach of the Denver Broncos. But the news accompanying Zimmer was surprising to some, including myself, that Rick Spielman, general manager, out after 16 years or so with the franchise, eight, the last eight or ten, which he was the GM of. I had seen a report over the weekend that Rick Spielman was likely out as GM, but going to stay probably in some sort of capacity with the team. And I'm bummed that he's no longer there. It's not something I'm losing sleep over, but I was surprised that Spielman was let go entirely in addition to Zimmer. What were your thoughts? I felt like it was either they had to be both of them, one or the other. We can blame blame both for this team not performing. Uh, draft picks have not been great recently. Um, he's had a lot of good ones and in 15 years. There's been a lot of good players come through. Mm-hmm. Uh, last couple of years have not been great. Uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, pretty good. He was good. Um, secondary's been bad. Yep. Offensive line's been bad. So there's there's holes there. And, of course, it, it came down to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, you know, they, they won one playoff game. And that that's not good enough. Nope. And they missed the, missed, missed the playoffs in back-to-back years. That's... You can't be doing that. It's better when there's seven spots now open for playoffs and you're not one of those teams for two years in a row, that's not good enough. And to be very close each of the last two years to to being in there. So 
Uh, Mike Zimmer, great coach. Mm-hmm. Came in, immediately made the defense better. Made the t- made the franchise better. I mean, yes. Yep. They were immediately better. Leslie Frazier was terrible. Mm-hmm. Isaac Hill was there for two years. Yeah, three years, it, maybe. And it was, yeah, he was not. He's a defensive coach, and the defense is terrible. Mm-hmm. So the last couple of years, defense has not been not been good. It's not been good enough. Um, the way it was, COVID last year and injuries and this and that, and the players getting older. So it was time to move on. It became apparent. Mm-hmm. All these close games, like it was so. They could have won all these games. They yep. could have won you know, 11, 12 games this year. We could be talking about them in the playoffs right now. <sighs> yeah, they could have. I mean, very easily. I don't know what the tiebreaker would have been with them and the Eagles. Um, I don't know if they would have won one of these games if, if that would have been enough to get in or if they would have needed uh, two of these games. But you could pick out seven or eight of these games that could have went their way. Mm-hmm. So time, time for a change. Um, just kind of spinning your tires right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like almost what the got, said. Yeah, almost, uh, huh? Sorry, go ahead. Almost got to the Super Bowl once. That was a disaster. And remember that that, that Saints playoff game, uh, the the one they won at home, and that was kind of a fluky finish yeah. where they they led for three quarters of that game and blew it at the end, mm-hmm. and then had a miracle finish to win it. And they ended up beating the Saints again. It's weird what his two playoff wins came against came against the Saints. Well, it's great that those two wins came against the Saints. Um, I like I, I love what the Wolf said about you know we have to be able to compete for championships and not just kind of this middle of the pack. That's kind of what the feeling is around them, like from in terms of people talking about the Minnesota Vikings. It's just like they're a good team. They're not terrible, but they're just middle of the pack how do you get above the middle of the pack and so i think that's why a reset needed to happen certainly on the head coach uh front and they have to go offensive head coach here i've seen rumors of lane kiffin i don't want that at all i think that would be a terrible hire uh i've seen doug peterson's name mentioned no thanks i would prefer like an eric the enemy I would prefer hell this uh, this Nathaniel Hackett from Green Bay, the quarterbacks coach. I'd like to see that potential. Like you need a very creative, energetic, offensive-minded head coach to to lead this team. The big question is going to be: Is Kirk Cousins going to be a part of that team? And who's going to be the general manager? I think Lewis Riddick could be. Uh, someone very suitable for a position there. I almost wonder, you know, if George Payton had known that Spielman was going to get fired. Now he's now he was the assistant GM, and now he's the GM of Denver. Would he have? Uh, would he have stayed an extra year? Because I think he would be a, a great candidate. I don't know where the Vikings are going, but I the names I've heard so far, at least on the head coaching front, I'm like, eh, no thanks. Specifically, Lane Kiffin and Doug Peterson. I don't want them, especially Lane Kiffin. Uh, Jim Harbaugh would be interesting. But it's all kind of going to tie around Kirk Cousins and whether or not the Vikings keep him or not. You can't keep him at $45 million. you got to restructure that deal. But my question is, to all of the, the Kirk haters out there, if you want to move on from Kirk Cousins, that, that's fine. But who is a, who are you replacing him with? That can because the, the Vikings right now aren't in full rebuild. 
They have so many great pieces in place that this is. A, I think this is arguably the most attractive position out of all of them. The Giants, Jacksonville, the Raiders. I don't. I'm not going to count that because I think Rich Basaccia is going to get that job. Uh, the Bears, uh, the Dolphins. I think the Vikings may be the best of of the bunch. But if you're going to replace Kirk Cousins with who are you going to replace him with? Because the quarterbacks in this draft aren't great. There's not really an option in free agency, so are you going to have to do something via trade? What are you going to do to replace Kirk Cousins? I think it's going to be Eric Bieniemy. I feel pretty certain about that. I hope so. I think I would. I would be very surprised if it's not him, since he was here a while ago. Mm-hmm. People want an offensive coach. He's an offensive coach. It's it's time for him to see what he can do. So I think it's going to be him. So, he's your coach. GM's going to be whoever. Some guy I've never heard of. Uh, quarterback, draft a quarterback for once. You got the 12th pick. See who's there. If you need to need to go up a couple spots, get a quarterback. You like the old Miss guy? You like the Pittsburgh guy? You like Kenny Pickett? You like any of these guys, go get him. Get a quarterback for once. They haven't done this since, what, Dante Culpepper. They've not used a very high pick on a quarterback since. He was pretty good. Uh, second, second round, third round picks. Maybe they work out. Tavares Jackson was terrible. Christian Ponder was terrible. That was a waste. But that was the that uh, was the twelfth pick. They reached for a quarterback there because they they were scrambling. So I don't want them to reach for a quarterback here. I don't know if Kenny Pickett's a t- uh, number ten pick. I don't, I don't know, know if this Malik Willis from Liberty if he's a no, top ten or no, top twelve no. pick. I. I don't. I don't know. I don't think Matt Corral is a top ten, a top twelve pick. That's a reach. That would be Christian Ponder esque here. No, I mean no. I mean they'll be better than him. Um, Kenny Pickett had get He had a big year. He didn't do much before that. He was kind of like Joe Burrow. Didn't do anything, and then a senior year, all of a sudden, bam. He just explodes. So you would like Pickett over anyone else in this quarter? Um, I'm thinking so. Matt Corral, I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe go to the Saints. You look at, I mean, Sam Howell with North Carolina, I'll pass on him. Yep. Um, I would say Kenny Pickett maybe is the only guy I really like, I guess. Doesn't seem like a very strong quarterback class. We mentioned a couple weeks ago all these teams in the top ten need quarterbacks, but I don't think – I don't think. I mean, Carolina needs one. The Jets need one. The Giants need one. Well, the Jets have Zach yeah. Wilson though, so they aren't going to take. Well, it. I mean, there. Yeah, let's 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 spend more. Let's spend a couple years with him. Him fucking throwing the ball on the ground. Um, like like the Giants with Doug Jones. Like it, it was it was apparent very early that no, he wasn't good. What what the, what the Cardinals do? They had Josh Rosen. He sucked. Mm-hmm. Next year they had the first pick. They took Kyler Murray, and he's he's been he's been good. Mm-hmm. So it's like sometimes. You don't need to waste three, four years on a quarterback. Sometimes you can say, you know what? We've had him for a year or two. He sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, is all of a sudden Doug Jones going to figure it out? No. Uh, is all of a sudden Zach Wilson going to figure it out? Fuck no. Like, if I can tell that, why can't the Jets? I don't know. So, yeah. if the, I mean, Kellen Mond, that doesn't do anything for me. Kirk Cousins... Do you want to get me excited again? Because I, I didn't watch the game Sunday. Didn't watch it. Don't plan on watching it. Yep. Didn't watch. The last two weeks, didn't see a single second of any highlight of anything concerning this team. 
Mm-hmm. And the Rams game, I was out and about, and I saw a few plays. So basically three weeks, last three weeks, I didn't see anything with this team. Yep. You want to get me excited? Get rid of the quarterback. That would get me awfully fucking excited. I I, I just want I want to know what the plan is. I like I don't. I know would draft a quarter. I would see what Kenny Pickett probably whoever you like. I if he's there at twelve, I don't know. Maybe he goes to Pittsburgh. Maybe he stays in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That maybe if fun. he got. I mean, we wanted to Justin Fields last year, and that didn't mm-hmm. happen. It sounded like they were. Close to pulling the trigger on that deal, that didn't happen. So get get a quarterback, get somebody in there because uh, Kirk Cousins, if he, if he's if he's not traded, I don't think he will be. Um, then he will. This will be his last year because nobody in their right mind would come in and say, "Yep, we're gonna give you another extension for a year or two or three. This has got to be it for Kirk Cousins. You've been here four years. We've won one playoff game." That is not what we fucking wanted. Yeah, but so, that's not that, that wasn't his fault this year. He posted phenomenal. I don't, his, his numbers look good, but for whatever reason, we can't win. Whether it's the defense, the, de- the defense, defense couldn't get any stops at the end of any of these games. The defense, the defense yep. could have gotten stops at yep. Detroit, Arizona, Cincinnati, yep. uh, any a number of games. Dallas, yep. Carolina, they yep. have, they actually won that game. Yep. They couldn't get any stops, so that helps. Yep. But, I mean, Kirk Cousins, he'll go somewhere else. He was a 500 quarterback here. He was a 500 quarterback in Washington. I'm sure he can play another five, six years, and he goes somewhere else. And I would imagine he'll probably be a 500 quarterback wherever he goes, regardless of whatever, how good his defense is, how good his uh, offense is. And, I mean, he had a good year. Like, you can't really complain much about him. Um, but he's got Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Delvin Cook. Like, you should be good. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody mention, like, yeah, Kirk Cousins is good. He fucking should be good. Mm-hmm. He's got, in my opinion, the best receiver in football. He's got Adam Thielen, who's pretty good. He's got Dalvin Cook, who's the top five running back when healthy. Uh, offensive line's not very good. But other than that, you should be pretty fucking good. But you remember, should have 35 touchdowns and then 4,500 4, yards. He's doing this in spite of his offensive coordinator. I mean, uh, Clint Kubiak, not good. I thought Clint Kubiak is going to uh, – Interview for the Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator job. Go ahead. Yeah, just go there, Clint. Yeah, that's fine. Like, listen, if if Nicobe Dean is there at twelve for the Vikings, I'm taking Dean, and I ain't. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him. I, I would assume he will be there at twelve. If if yeah, and he he looks he looks great. If Derek great. Stingley, the the cornerback from LSU, is there, I don't at think he'll 12. be there. I don't think he'll be there. I, I don't think so either. And I don't think Dean's going to be there at five. All I'm saying though is that if. If there are other, and we'll, we have months ahead of us, you know, to talk about draft picks. Like uh-huh. Right now we need to focus on the, the head coach and the general manager. But all I'm saying is I don't think that the Vikings, if there are really good players there, like better than reaching for a quarterback, I would take like a, a N'Kobe Dean over, over a Kenny Pickett. Because uh, Dean, I mean, uh, and then we've got a new regime coming in, so we can't really go based on what's just happened in the past. But right. Vikings, Vikings are a team that likes to trade a lot when it comes to drafting, and they like to trade down a lot and pick up a lot of draft picks, and yep. and they're pretty active. So I mentioned Jordan Davis. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be there. You can probably go down a couple spots, ten spots, and yep. five, ten spots, and get him. So yep. it all depends I mean, on who they get. Or who they defensive bring in line, the defensive tackle, you know, Anthony Barr, if he's done and you get Dean from Georgia, that'd be great. Um, we wanted Antoine Winfield a couple years ago. Yep. He's turned out to be the best 
safety in the draft, one yep. of the best safeties in football. So, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, like, you just got to pick a guy who's good, yep. regardless of if there's a fucking stud receiver, then pick him. Yep. It doesn't matter. Did the Vikings need Randy Moss? Certainly not. Did no. they pick him? Yes, and he was great. Yes, so, he was. Just, okay. just pick. If you can pick a guy who's a Hall of Famer, by all means, pick that person uh, at whatever position it is. That Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, he would be a good addition as well. Um, yeah. but, I mean, it feels like there's a lot of good players in this draft, or at least yes. uh, players I have heard of. These mm-hmm. are the, Sometimes in the draft, you look at the top 10, top 20, like, who the fuck are these guys? Mm-hmm. But this year it feels like, all right, I know who these guys are. Yep. I know who all of these quarterbacks, I've heard of all of these quarterbacks. There's no quarterback here this year that all of a sudden was like, who in the F is this guy? Yep. Uh, Frank Jones from Duke? Nope, never heard of you. Why are you a top 10 quarterback? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, I've heard of him. Stingley Jr., LSU, I've heard of him. The two defensive ends go one-two. I've heard of the uh, Iowa uh, offensive lineman, Linderbaugh. Yes. I've heard of these guys. Uh, the receiver from Alabama that got hurt. Yep. I've heard of a lot of these guys, so that's that's nice. And, you know, uh, Ahmad Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati. Um, the, the Ohio State receivers. Yes. So yep. uh, we'll see who's any good, but... That Linderbach, twelve, it's not bad. That Linderbach, I mean, he could be like a Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey was rated the number one center in the league this year. He's the rookie center out of Oklahoma. He plays for the Chiefs. He was PFF's number one center in the league this year. I mean, and we know that uh, that, that Garrett Bradbury isn't panning out at center. Mason Cole did fine for a few games, but maybe center's the way to go. I don't know where they're going to go. They're, I don't know where they're going to go for head coach. It certainly seems like it's got to be on the offensive side of the ball. I don't. I mean, I, I think it's going to be Eric Bieniemy. Who, who would you say? I mean, the Lane Kiffin thing is fun. I don't. That that would be a hell of a deal. You, you pick him, you pick the quarterback up. That that'd be quite the quite the fucking news. Yeah. I, I think it's got to be Eric Bieniemy. I don't. I don't see it being anybody else. I I do as well. I think Eric Bieniemy has to be the choice. However. I could see a Byron Leftwich, maybe, if the Jaguars go uh, go away from him. I think Byron Leftwich is good. I, or you get one of these other hotshot offensive dudes like a Nathaniel Hackett from Green Bay. How about that? Stealing from a from a rival. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's uh, that's necessarily a a great selection. I mean, I would I would like Eric Bieniemy. He's number one. But if you're looking to go a little younger, maybe then then you go. With one of these younger hotshots, or how about uh, who's the offensive coordinator right now for the for the Rams? Not Sean McVay. Uh, Probably some twelve year old kid. Yeah, it could be, but I, I, that, that's a potential. I I would seriously like if they could steal Kyle Shanahan away from San Francisco. I would. You love you love Kyle Shanahan. I, he's so great. Did you did you watch any of that game on Sunday? No, I uh, no. Okay, like so here's. The 49ers are trailing 17 nothing to the Rams. They're like nothing's going right for them. They had like 32 yards of total offense prior to like their last drive in the first half, last two drives. They get a field goal. All of a sudden, second half comes and it's the Debo Samuel show. They're running the, the football. They're running with Debo. He's throwing the football. He's making catches. He had four catches for 92 yards. They got this Jawan Jennings. That's great. Uh, George Kittle, of course, we know about him. Brandon Ayuk made a lot of plays. And the 49ers, they win that game in part because 60% of the crowd there at least was for the 49ers. I mean, Matthew Stafford and the Rams had to go to a silent count. But just the way he utilizes guys on offense, like Kyle Juszczyk is a fantastic fullback. 
apart from Minnesota, no team uses the fullback as much or as well as as they do, except for San Francisco. So I and I don't know if I doubt he would come. I I really do, but because it would cost the Vikings some draft capital. But he got the most out of Kirk Cousins. That was his guy. So if you're going to stay with Kirk Cousins, maybe you try and maybe, you know, obviously looking at the 49ers season, they're like, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo gives us the best chance to win. They traded all that draft capital away for Trey Lance. And they don't have a first-round pick this next year. I don't know if they have a first-round pick in two years. So maybe it's Kyle Shanahan who can – get the most out of Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and, and get more out of Dalvin Cook. I I just like, Kyle Shanahan is my my dream scenario. Eric Bieniemy is the realistic number 1, but Kyle Shanahan if I could dream if I could reach high for the sky, I'm going Kyle Shanahan. That's the guy. Kevin Stefanski's done okay with the Browns. Yep. Like he I, I would I would like that. That ain't going to happen, but that would be great. Yep. I, I would trade for Jimmy Garoppolo if I could get rid of Kirk Cousins. Um, what what is let's see? Let's take a gander at his contract. I don't want to be yeah, it's uh it's sizable. Yeah, twenty five million for next year, and then he's done. Twenty million less than so Kirk. yes, so that's yes, yeah, so that's uh, good right there. I think the Vikings are even if they trade him, they're still on the hook for ten million. So any team that gets Cousins would have to pay thirty five. Of the forty-five, so yeah. and I mean, and San Francisco is not going to do that because they got Trey Lance. So yep, that's so well, I don't know. Do a three-team trade? I don't know what uh, we talked about that with Houston and yep. uh, the Dolphins making terrible decisions. Maybe they want uh, maybe they want a guy. Well, so maybe maybe the Vikings trade for Tua. I, I don't know. Or maybe the yeah. Vikings and Browns get together, trade Kirk for for a Baker. I mean, that's. It doesn't make yeah, yeah, he he was he was bad this year, but he was hurt. Yep. So um thing about it is I feel like there's a lot of guys that you could put in a quarterback and we'd be just as good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I it it all boils down to that defense. Kirk did a lot this year. Uh for for this team. And you know what? Well, I think one of the reasons why Rick Spielman's gone is because he traded a fourth round pick for Herndon. The tight end from the oh, Jets. I mean, that's terrible. And when you had uh, Conklin do fine. Yeah. And I mean, there's you, no reason to have another yeah, tight end. You could have traded for uh, Dallas Goddard, I think, for like a third round pick. And he wasn't willing to part. I and mean, that's. that's I, I look at some of the games, game. like the Browns game, seven mm-hmm. points. Unacceptable. Um, the game, the, the, the first game against the Lions, you win, you score 19 against Detroit. Yep. You had to score what, a field goal at the end to get that done. Yep. The Dallas game. The Dallas game, yep. maybe the worst game of the year. Just unacceptable. Considering they so, were playing Cooper Rush. Offense had a lot of good uh, good games, but, uh, I mean, the, the, the Bears game, that first uh, the, that Monday night Bears game was atrocious. 17-9. Mm-hmm. to nine. So, offense scored 30 points uh, a few times, but um, they, they, they laid some eggs once in a while. Yeah. And Bears that's I think and they were held back Cowboys by coordinator. Yeah. So I think you get a new offensive coordinator or you get an offensive-minded head coach, you're going to unleash the potential with all of the weapons that the Vikings have. I don't think Kirk Cousins has it in him. I think he's pretty good. I think the stats would say that he's pretty good Mm -hmm. at throwing the ball deep, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
I'd, I'd be interested to see what, you know, people always would blame people that probably don't, they don't know. People would blame Mike Zimmer for the play calling. And I'm sure he has some input. He's not calling the offense. He just wants to uh, run the football more. <laughs> he wants to run the football. Like that, that Packer game, I didn't watch it. They ran what? Cook? They ran Cook nine times. Like, how do you ran, run Delvin Cook nine times? Right. Especially when Sean it, Mannion's your starting quarterback. It felt like the, the first half, what was it, 14 up and what was 17 3? What was the first? It wasn't. 20 to 3 just, at the half. It was like 30. Yeah, it was, it was 20 to 3 at half. It was 20 to nothing before the Vikings got a last second field goal. And it's like, it's, you know, it wasn't like it was 35 nothing. I mean, that's a game that you're going to lose 99 times out of 100. Mm-hmm. And you don't run Dalvin Cook. Uh, I would imagine that's not Mike Zimmer's fault. Nope. That's probably the, the offense coordinator's fault. Yep. Um, so, we'll see. But I would, I don't know, maybe send him to Denver. I think Aaron Rodgers is staying. I don't, I don't see him leaving anywhere. I think he is staying too. I, did, I mean, that, the, I saw him on the Manning, the Manning thing, and hopefully he loses, and the, that Manning curse ends with the with the playoff loss right away. Yep. But the way he was talking about Green Bay, I don't, I don't see him leaving. Whatever his issues were, uh, drafting Jordan Love or whatever his issues were, I don't know. But I don't know why he would go anywhere else, and. I don't see him going anywhere else. I just don't. I, I don't either now. that it, It's amazing the difference 11 months can make. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I certainly don't see it either. This Sunday of football was the best Sunday of football I can ever – I can remember of NFL football in a long time. And we you started out with a stunner. The, the stunning result of all stunners was – Oh, was Jackson- it, though? Was it stunning? Jacksonville beating Indianapolis? Yes. That's like uh, the Patriots going to Miami. It's not surprising the Patriots lose in Miami because they do it all the time. Right. Well, that's true. That's true. And Jacksonville, what has it been, five, six, seven years yeah, since they won? And, like, whatever reason, it was like, all right, Colts win, they're in. If they lose, it opens it up for everybody else. They go. What do they do? They do what they do for the past seven years. They lose in Jacksonville. I think it's just, though, that the Colts were so they were playing some of their best football here down the stretch. Now, of course, losing the Raiders, not great, but they still had, like, this is a bad Jaguars team. The Colts have a great rushing attack. They have a great defense. And they were down 23-3 to at one point, or 26-3 to at one It was just terrible. They were flat-out awful. It did warm my heart to see Carson Wentz struggle as much as he did. Like, he was just, he was just atrocious. And they, they're they very non-committal about him now for the start of next season. And, like, well, you just gave up a first-round pick for him. So, Carson Wentz may be done. And it just, again, it just warms my heart to see it. It really does. The, the Eagles it. fleeced him in the deal. Oh, absolutely. They fleeced the Vikings in the Sam Bradford deal. And if you can get a if you can get a first round pick for Kirk Cousins, that'd be great. Yeah. Yep. So if you can get a first round pick for Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, I know one thing, he's better than Carson Wentz. Oh, I know that. Sure much. is. Yeah, absolutely. So you had that that game there. Then Pittsburgh Baltimore goes to overtime. I wanted Baltimore to win. Tyler Huntley threw an interception in the red zone in regulation that maybe it would have put this game away. So you just let Big Ben and the Steelers have a chance. I mean, they're slumbering down. This Steelers team's not good, but they 
they don't give up. I mean, they, they win 16-13 in overtime. And all you needed, the late afternoon window was great with the Rams 49ers game. And that was awesome. Just awesome to watch. That was fantastic. Uh, and then all it came down to was no tie between the Raiders and the Chargers. And it looked like that wasn't going to happen for a while. The Raiders were up 29-14. And then Justin Herbert leads the Chargers down. He's converting on all these fourth down uh, attempts. And they tie the game up. They exchange field goals in overtime. And then the Raiders look like they're just going to run the clock out. Like this, we could spend two hours just on this game alone. They're going to run the clock out. They were playing for the tie. And Brandon Staley, Chargers head coach, who inexplicably went for it on fourth and one from inside his own 20 in the third quarter, he calls a timeout because he said he wanted to make sure they had their best run personnel on there, their best 11 personnel. Well, guess what? The Raiders got 10 yards, kicked the game-winning field goal, Raiders in, Chargers out. If that's a tie, both teams are in, and the Raiders were accepting of that. They were fine with it. That's what they said after the game. And the Chargers call that timeout. It changes the mindset. Raiders in, Steelers in, Chargers out, Brandon Staley, fuck you. Well, I'll, 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 I'll believe you. This was the fuck best game all. of the year. The game, well, it's been now, uh, two seven, is it 268 now with uh, with an additional game, 278, whatever it was. The very last game of the NFL season, the best of the season, and Brandon Staley screwed it up for the Chargers. Yeah, he's very aggressive. Everybody's going nuts for the game. I was sleeping. Who the hell wants to see Pittsburgh in the playoffs? I don't. No. No, I would have been the Chargers. Would have been nice. I mean, but. I, th- I think the Chiefs are going to beat them, but this is not an easy matchup. I mean, the, the Steelers are playing with house money. They played a few weeks ago, and it was what thirty-six to ten. It was like thirty-five nothing at half. This yeah. was. Yeah, it was. This should not be competitive. I mean, the Chiefs should wake the Super Bowl. It's for all the struggles they've had. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they'll be at home. We'll see. Seems like it's Green Bay, Kansas City. It usually doesn't go that way. But I thought I'd be more excited about the playoffs because it'd be so wide open, like we talked about. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's Kansas. I mean, Green Bay. We saw we saw Georgia finally win. Finally, Georgia won a yes, championship. Yes. Uh, Only one G team can win a championship this year. Yeah. Green Bay. I mean, who's going into Green Bay and winning? I don't know. I guess anybody really can. The Giants did, for Christ's sake. So Packers it'll be interesting. It, it feels last, like Packers are seven and six in the last thirteen home games. Not good. So hopefully, people rem- remember that. Uh, when they talk about the great home field advantage that Green Bay has. Yep. Um, maybe it's setting up for another Tampa Bay-Green Bay game. I don't know. The Green Bay's defense not blowing me away lately. So, no. I don't know who I'm, who, I'm, who I'm picking, but I don't think it's Green Bay. Well, so I here's here's the deal. So, we have these these, these playoff games. Just looking at the NFC side. So, on the NFC, the Packers are the one. The Bucks are the two. They play the Eagles in the 2-7 matchup. We have the 3-6 matchup featuring the Dallas Cowboys as the 3 seed against the 49ers, the 6 seed. Then the 4-5 matchup on Monday night is going to be the Rams. They're hosting the Cardinals. Looking at the NFC side, I think Tampa Bay beats Philadelphia 
pretty easily that uh, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox on Sunday. I think the Rams ultimately beat the Cardinals, but I don't say that with a great deal of confidence. The Cardinals have just fallen apart this season. That's Monday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ABC ESPN. The Mannings are doing a, their Manning cast on ESPN2. The Rams are a four-point favorite. I, I'm not a I'm not a sure on that one. The game I'm most excited about is the 49ers and the Cowboys. And I think the Dallas Cowboys, if there's a team that can beat the Green Bay Packers in the NFC this year, that can go up to Lambeau, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs on that defense, fantastic. You got the offense with all those weapons. Dak Prescott and company should be able to go up to Dallas despite the cold and beat the Packers. Here's the thing, though. I don't even know if they can beat the 49ers this weekend. I think the 49ers go into Dallas and win. I think Debo Samuel's too strong. I think that 49ers running game and that offense, fantastic. I think the 49ers beat the Cowboys. But if the Cowboys win, the Cowboys can go into Green Bay and beat them. I think the Cowboys are the representative in the NFC. You're picking the Dallas Cowboys to win three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. I would if I was taking Dallas. Have they won three playoff games? And... <laughs> no. I wow. would, I would if I were taking oh, them to win this week. I am not. The 49ers are beating the Cowboys. The 49ers are beating the Cowboys. If the Cowboys can advance, though, I think they have a great chance to beat Green Bay. So who are you picking? I am taking San Francisco, and I will reluctantly take the Green Bay Packers in the NFC. Okay. So... Whoever the lowest seed is plays Green Bay, right? So if the Eagles win, they'll obviously play Green Bay. Yep. If the 49ers win, they, they will play likely Green play Green Bay. Bay. I think the 49ers can go up there too. Guess what travels? the running A running game. I think the 49ers can go up there and beat them. San Francisco and Baltimore, that was my preseason Super Bowl pick. And one of them didn't even make well, so, they Well, the Ravens had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of injuries. Um, at, at times, again, all of these teams have been the favorite at one point. Mm-hmm. The Rams, I think, started as the favorite. Arizona was pretty good, had the best record for a long time. Green Bay ends up with the best record. Tampa Bay is always there. Um, you know, you end up with Tampa Bay and the Rams in the second round. You end up with, I, I, I just don't know, Tampa, Tampa Bay, Dallas in the second round. You hate to play and pick Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's tough. Like uh, Green Bay, yep. Tampa Bay, if they make it, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be surprised if Dallas made it. Um, I would be more surprised, I think, if Tampa Bay makes it this year because they have too many injuries. That defense isn't as good. They have too many injuries to, to like you know Chris Godwin and. Leonard Fournette's been banged up. I think he's coming back for the playoffs. I think the Bucs are just too injured right now. Last year, they were the healthiest team going into the playoffs. They caught fire and won. I don't see that this year. You, you wouldn't the Arizona. You wouldn't think Arizona would make it. Uh, the Rams are just too inconsistent. It's tough. I, 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 I may as well stick with San Francisco since I picked them at the beginning. May as well stick with them. I'll pick. I'll pick San Francisco to beat Dallas. I'll pick them to beat the Packers. Pick them to beat I'll the pick Rams. them to beat. Uh, yes, go to Tampa Bay and beat Tampa Bay okay. in the NFC title game. All right. 
I like that. I like you sticking with it here. Um, I just so for the record here in the NFC and your preseason predictions, you had Tampa Bay one, San Francisco two, Green Bay three, Dallas four, the Rams five, the Saints six, and Minnesota seven. Uh, so that's not that's not bad. That's a pretty good. I missed I missed it on the Eagles and the Cardinals. I had the Vikings and Saints in there. Yep. Yep. So you were five out okay. of seven there. That's that's pretty good. Um, I had the Bucks. I had the uh, the 49ers, I had the Cardinals, and the Rams. So I went three for three on the NFC West, which is good. Oh. I did not have the Vikings. I had the Vikings in. I did not have um, the, the Eagles. Eagles. So that would be my lone miss. There you go. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, happy with that pick. Uh, on the AFC side in the playoffs, the Titans – Touchdown, Titans! Uh, they are getting Derrick Henry back, and this Titans team was able to weather the storm with Henry being out, and they've had Joe, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown miss significant time this season. They just kept plugging along and chugging along. I, I just, I, I would love to see it, but they have to play in, yes, they get home field advantage, but so many visiting fans come to that stadium and and change your color. Like if the Chiefs have to play the Titans in the AFC Championship game, that that place is going to be minimum fifty percent Chiefs red. I don't think that necessarily bodes well for the Titans, but they're the one seed. The two seed is the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll host Pittsburgh Sunday night, eight fifteen p.m. Eastern, seven fifteen p.m. Central Time on NBC. Chiefs are a twelve and a half point favorite there. The Bills are the three seed. They host the Patriots. They are a four-point favorite. That's 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on Saturday on CBS. And then we have Bengals-Raiders in the full five matchup. Who didn't Who didn't have this matchup coming at the beginning of the Oh, yeah, Bengals-Raiders. Everybody had that. Uh, yeah, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Bengals are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The Bengals haven't won a playoff game since 1990. But the Raiders haven't won one since 2002. So... Who who did the Bengals beat the last time they won a game? Mm, was it the Chargers? Oh, very good, very good. I didn't I, I didn't know that. So this is a history maybe repeating itself. I think the Bengals have a great offense, but the way that Raiders defensive line played against the Chargers, the pressure they got, the the Chargers offensive line is better than the Bengals or offensive line. So I worry about that. But I think the Bengals are just overall a better team. I think the Bengals win this game. I think the Bills beat the Patriots if it's not 50-mile-an-hour wins. Uh, I mean, that's just the case. And I think the Chiefs hold off the Steelers, but I'm least confident about that. Well, I, I, About I, the Steelers? I think the, I just – I worry that the Steelers are playing with such house money right now and that the Chiefs – Fuck the Steelers. Like, they know. fucking suck. They, they fucking suck. They do, and yet somehow they, they've made the playoffs. Because there's seven teams that got to make this goddamn thing, and they are not a playoff team. Are the Eagles a playoff team? Yes. No, sir. there's seven teams. Fuck, the Bears made it last year. They suck. These uh, One point of seven seeds is going to win. Yeah. But goddamn, Steelers are terrible. They I know fucking they are. suck. I know they are. They should. They almost. I mean, you know what? They almost lost to Baltimore last week. They did. I know. In overtime with fucking shit city and quarterback. I know. I mean, they they tie they 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 tie to uh, Detroit. They lose all these games. They just 
There, there's not. I mean, the the Chargers feel like a better team. They just didn't make it, right. unfortunately. Being yeah. Chargers Chiefs, sign me the fuck up. I yeah, I think the Chargers. They have gone in there and they won this year, so that, that'd be a great game. Mm-hmm. But no, we get fucking Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I mean, I'm taking the Chiefs out of the AFC. I think they're going to beat the Titans in the in the championship game. Uh, I think the Bengals could actually go. Well, no, who would it be? The Bills could go down. No, it would be the Bengals. The Bengals could go to Tennessee and beat the Titans. That's not uh, out of the realm of possibility. But I just like the Chiefs overall. I think the Chiefs are going to get it done here. They're going to take down Buffalo in the divisional round, and they're going to host or they're going to play the Titans. And the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. I am much more interested in the AFC. Uh, Bengals Raiders. I may tape that and watch it. I do like the Bengals. Joe Burrow is is a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's great. Um, want to watch me? I, I want to have me watch a football game. Have Buffalo play at Kansas City next week. I'll fucking watch that game. Yes, yes. I will watch Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, Buffalo beat them this year, didn't they? At Kansas City, they did. Yep, they and did. that was before the Chiefs really got going. They did. So I, I want to see that game. Uh, I would be interested in Bengals at Titans next week. If the mm-hmm. Bengals can win, I would be interested in that game. Mm-hmm. And if New England can go on a run, it'd be like, can they just pull one out of their ass again? Because they're New England. So I am much more interested in the AFC. Uh, Kansas City, have they finally found something here? I don't know. It's it's tough. Um, Their defense has not been very good the last couple of weeks. That needs to change. They need to play like they did during their eight-game win streak and not the way they did against the Bengals and Broncos. I like the Bengals with their offensive line's not good, so I, I can't see that sustaining mm-hmm. them. The Titans, they got Demi D. Just run him 40 times and just say, all right, you haven't played in months. You're fresh. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Is that going to work? Maybe that works. Who knows? No, nobody, no, nobody would want to see the Titans in the Super Bowl because nobody cares. So that's unfortunate. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Bengals Chiefs. Eh. Let me modify that. I'm going to go. Bengals Buffalo AFC Bengals Buffalo AFC title game. Oh, can we please get a rematch of the Joe Montana uh, Chris Collinsworth Super Bowls, please? Uh, San Francisco Bengals. Um, I'm gonna give you the 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 Chris Berman Super Bowl that never happened. (laughs) San Francisco Buffalo Big Wyoming. You've had another good year. Uh, If you have one more good year next year, I will say I was wrong. And you are a uh, good, uh, very good NFL quarterback. I need to see one more year from Big Wyoming. Uh, I'm going to go Buffalo beating Kansas City and then beating the Bengals. Buffalo uh, 49ers. Give me Buffalo and the whole fucking thing. All right. I like it. There, so that's different than you had San Francisco over Baltimore at the beginning of the season. Uh, the AFC was far more difficult for us to pick this year. 
Uh, you had Buffalo 1, Baltimore 2, Tennessee 3, the Chiefs 4, New England 5, Cleveland 6, the Chargers 7. So that's, uh, what, uh, by my math, 4 out of 7. I had Buffalo. I had I did not have New England, so I got that one wrong. I had the Chargers in there. Whoops. I had the Chiefs. I had the uh, Browns in there. I had the Ravens. Whoops, whoops on both of those. I did have the Titans in, so... Uh, that's great. So yeah, my AFC not looking, uh, not nearly as good. Uh, and finally, uh, in our state of the state, uh, so I'm picking. I think Green Bay over Kansas City. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I don't want. We already saw a team wearing green and yellow win a championship in 2022 with the Bison. I don't want to. I don't want another green and yellow team winning. We already saw a team with G uh, as their logo win a championship this year that was georgia i don't want to see another team do it i, I just it feels like the stars are aligning towards that route uh before we get to more on georgia uh just uh this arguably i think is probably the best season i've had for picks and i didn't think it was that way um there are a couple of asterisks marked just because of the tie so how many teams do you think i picked exactly right Nope. Oh, no, no. Far, that far beat. No. Eight. Five. Five. I had Five. Pittsburgh. I had Pittsburgh at nine and eight. They finished nine, seven, one. I'm giving me a mark because I have. I'll give you that. Nine wins. They won yeah. nine games. Tennessee, the Jets, the Chargers, and the Rams. All records Jets, are the same. Washington, Green Bay, Detroit, Arizona, Atlanta, New England all won one more game than I had predicted for them. Uh, the Colts, Jaguars, and 49ers won one less. So either exactly right or one on either side, that is 14 teams. That's almost That's half good. the league. Then plus two, minus two, I had Dal uh, Dallas, Miami, the Raiders, and the Saints won two more games than I thought they would. The Browns, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Giants, the Bears, the Bills, the Bucks. The Panthers and the Seahawks all won two fewer games. So in just like plus or minus two there, that's 13. So that means 27 of the 32 teams I pegged within two games, one way or the other of their exact record. I think that's very good. Uh, the I'm going to guess the, were you the most off on Seattle? No, I was not. Um, well, let's see. What, what were you... What, how many were you off? So the the biggest difference was six, and it was a plus six. So this team won six more than you thought. Correct. Dolphins. The Bengals. The Bengals. You thought they'd win four? Yep, four games. I thought they'd ten. Won. They won ten. The Bengals. team I was off the most on. What what do you think that one was? That was not the Bengals. No, or like that that that, that uh, one. Fewer games. So the Bengals were the oh, the big six. Yeah, they were plus six. This next team, the the team I was off by the most point on the other side was minus five. So they won five fewer games than I thought they were. Five fewer than you thought. Oh, you didn't think the Vikings would win thirteen? Was not them. Um, five. That's a lot. Uh, Cleveland. Oh, you said Cleveland, didn't you? I did. No. Um. New England. Baltimore. 
Baltimore. I thought Baltimore. They, you thought Baltimore would win 13. 13. Yep, 13. <sighs> I had the Vikings at minus four, Philadelphia plus four, Houston plus three. I, overall, though, I think if you get like if you get 27 to 32 if two games, that's really good. Side, I'm going to take that as the as really good. Normally, you have multiple teams in the the plus six or the minus six, plus five, minus five. I had one team at minus five, Baltimore, one team at plus six, Cincinnati, Minnesota minus four, Philadelphia plus four, Houston plus three. Those are the five teams outside of that right on plus one, minus one, or plus two, minus two range. So That's really good. Yeah. So there we go. So that's the NFL season. The NFL playoffs begin this week, and we look forward to that. The I will say, just for the record, yeah. uh, Eric Bieniemy, the coach. Yes. If not him, the Buffalo guy, Brian, what, Dable? Dable, yep. I think it's either one of those two. Okay. I I would be fine with that. I, I would. I think the Bears are going to uh, take uh, Brian Flores from Miami. I think he's the next Bears coach. Okay. And I'm going to go Dan Quinn to be the Broncos coach. Okay. So those defensive-minded guys, I, I – I think Denver's arguably the worst job out there. No, maybe the Giants. The Giants, the cupboard's bare, but you got two first-round picks. The Broncos are tough because you're in the same division as the Chiefs and Chargers. That's the thing. And you have the Raiders in there who are making strides as well. So I think the Broncos gig is probably the worst. I think Schottenkirk said this week that he thought Denver was the best. And I would bring up that point of, you want to be in the same division as Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years? No. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as, as much as the Chargers are going to disappoint over the next 10 years with Justin Herbert like the Vikings would, yep. they'll have some good years, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Raiders are just there somehow. So, I don't know if Denver's banking on Aaron Rodgers. If they don't get him, I don't know who the hell they're going to get a quarterback because right. their offense sucks. Yes. So. Yeah, it's not good. Miami, I have no idea where Miami's going. Do we think Jim Harbaugh is going to land somewhere? If he goes anywhere, it'll be Miami. I wouldn't go there. Like, what? Why? Well, and, Why? and their owner, Stephen Ross, said that he's not going uh, to take Jim Harbaugh from Michigan, where he donates a lot of his money to because he's an alum of there. So he's not going to rob his alma mater to take that. I think a lot of people are paying Harbaugh to Oakland but I can't or to Vegas excuse me oh, I need to put five dollars in the in the in the jar I got that one wrong I don't see the Raiders moving on from Rich Bisaccia what what he was able to do this year navigating through the John Gruden issues the Henry Ruggs uh issues and to get the Raiders to the playoffs I think that's magical you you he's beloved in that building Rich Bisaccia has got to be the Raiders head coach Who's the last NFL team to make like a huge, big splash to spend a ton of money and get a coach and it pays off? It feels like it never does. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the the one rookie coach this year that made the playoffs was a guy from Philadelphia. Yeah. Yep. Okay, he's just some jack-off uh, Nick Sirianni. Yep. Um, Urban Meyer was fucking historically terrible. Yep. Um. Matt Rule has not been very good in his two plus seasons. No, so like, Jim, how much I, the coach matters, I don't know. But I, I, honestly, I think the biggest splash, if we're looking at that, Jim Harbaugh, when the 49ers took him out of the college ranks. Yeah, and he, he got him the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, yeah. Other than that, I mean, a lot of these guys, 
Nobody's ever heard of him. You just you need good players. Mm-hmm. You just need good players. So it was amazing just to wrap a, wrap up the final point here. Talk about the Vikings with with Zimmer about how much was going on there about maybe the culture. Like they need a guy who's more of a players coach or the like. Eric Kendrick. Some of his comments were like, "Whoa, really?" Like, I I don't know. I saw that playing in fear, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know what the context of that was. If that was uh, to Zimmer or if that was based on you can't be afraid to make a change with the coach. You can't be afraid to change coaches. I don't know what the context of that was. I think it has something more to do just with the, the atmosphere in the building. Like maybe Zimmer wasn't quite as close. I don't that know. could be. It, it, but when you see someone like Eric Kendricks say that, I mean, Eric Kendricks is still one of the best linebackers in the game. And he's easily the best defend, defensive player on the – on the Vikings, when he says that's like, ooh, maybe there's more here to it uh, than that. I think Brian O'Neill had some comments as well. So there's more to this than that. But we'll we'll see how it all pans out, and we'll uh, there'll be news next week, I'm sure. Uh, one and I mean, we'll, I mean, if, if Kirk Cousins could, you know, go in there and audible and call his own plays and have a lot of input, I don't know. I mean, it'd be great to see. Okay, just. Kurt Cousins unleashed. You feel like mm-hmm. you're being held back. Do just go, oh, go and do it. Yeah. Don't don't feel like you get, you're so afraid to turn the ball over. Right. I don't, I don't know. I mean, his, his numbers are pretty good. I don't know how much better they can be. I don't. I can't imagine they could be any better than they are. If we're gonna say, oh, we're gonna we're holding Kurt Cousins back. Well, fuck. How many? How much? How I, much? I just think he he needs someone to do it with him and help get him. I think there's more there that could potentially be unleashed. He just needs that offensive-minded individual there to help him. And on the Jaguars front, I'm going to go Byron Leftwich. I think Byron Leftwich okay. has to be the Jaguars pick because uh, Sean Kahn needs to to hit a home run with this pick. Nathaniel Hackett out of Green Bay, he's going to land somewhere, I think. He could land in Jacksonville. I I think it's just got to be Leftwich, though. I do. I think, given what he's meant to that franchise, they need to do something to turn it around. Um, Byron Leftwich would be the guy. And speaking of rookie quarterbacks, Mac Jones was by far the best. Yes. Yes, he was. Who was the second best? I'll give you three guesses. Uh, well, would you say Trey Lance? No. Uh, Trevor Lawrence? No. Zach Wilson? No. Who the hell else? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Davis Mills. Davis Mills of a third round pick from Stanford. Yep. Was not was not terrible. No, he wasn't. He was better than those other three guys. Yes. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was awful. Yes, he was. He was bad. He Justin Fields was terrible. On Sunday to take the Colts out. He he played well then, so if I'm They'll give Trevor Lawrence a lot of rope because he's he the number one pick, so he's, he's going to get plenty of chance to prove it. Um, well, you, Zach Wilson, you, Zach Wilson, here. What were the what were the stats in that Buffalo game? Just uh, I, 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 I did. I've now looked at the box score where they had what fifty yards total, and, and they don't have anything of of anything on that team. So 
Yeah, just a waste. I mean, he, he was 7 of 20 for 87 yards. Okay. 7 of 20. They had four first downs, and yeah, 46 total plays for 53 total yards. I mean, Zach Wilson, good luck. Yeah. Nine sacks for 82 yards, so that's why they had five net passing yards. Oy, not good. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. You just got to get the right coach, and I think that's why you get someone like a Byron Leftwich. And that's where it's that I don't know if Brian Flores will land in Chicago because with, with Justin Fields there, you would need you, – you could go the offensive route, but they just went that way with Nagy, so maybe they go with uh, with Brian Flores. Nagy! Nagy! I don't know. That's it's interesting. We'll see where that goes. Um, Honestly, if it comes, Case Keenum. Yeah. I think you were in the you were in the I remember summer league tournament when they signed Cousins. I was like, good. Kirk Cousins, good. Better than Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. And I think you were more the you know Case Keenum did did all right. Maybe give him another shot. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to be the quarterback, but. Would this team be any different with Case Keenum as the quarterback? I don't, I don't think so. I think they'd be about the same. They'd be within, within a win either way. So quarterbacks got to make a difference. And we will see. Again, we will see. A lot of, a lot of changes. So it's been a while. Let's move to the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. National champion Georgia Bulldogs for the first time since, what, 1981? The, the, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh-huh. Our national champions, they took down Alabama 33-18. to uh, Fairly boring first half. It was 9-6. to It seemed like both teams were just trying not to make a mistake. I'm going to talk to Charlie here in a little bit, get his thoughts on the game as well. But I, what, the, I think this Alabama was screwed when Jamison Williams went down with a – with that torn ACL, with that knee injury in the first half. Because they were already short John Mechie, their wide receiver. This was Georgia's game to lose. And Georgia's defense played a hell of a lot better than they did in the SEC championship game. I think they were angry from that. But if I'm looking at this game, it was one that Georgia had to win. Because if you don't beat Alabama in this national championship game with the defense that Georgia has and with the injuries that Alabama has in the secondary... When are you ever going to beat Alabama? So this was a much-needed win for Georgia. That Stetson Bennett, the the fourth throw, his throws after that fumble, holy cow, they were great. The Georgia passing attack was unleashed. Kelpie had great throws by him. Through three quarters, this game sucked. This, what, 13-9, Georgia led. Mm -hmm. This was a... Boring game for three quarters, and um, couple plays. I mean, uh, that that fumble Stetson Bennett had that was I've never seen that before. That was weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia had that fumble at the beginning of the game that they uh, reversed. That was a huge play that that got called back. Yep. I feel like if Alabama was healthy, they win. So it feels like I feel like Alabama's better than Georgia. They played a month ago and. They beat them pretty good. Yep. When they were healthy. Second go around, Georgia beats them. The story of the year was Georgia. Mm-hmm. Every other team had hiccups. They did not. Mm-hmm. Um, so their defense was great. So 
Yeah, Georgia was, I guess, was the best team from from day one on, and they finally win. So good for them. I I don't. I hope they don't are not. They 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 won. I don't want to see Georgia be in this title game very often. They don't. They don't. They do not interest me much at all. Uh, they don't have a lot of flair. Uh, perhaps maybe the the excitement. No. Like maybe in the I don't. I don't care about. I was rooting for Alabama to win this game. Um, I tell you, Bryce what. Young. He's. I don't. I didn't understand. Okay, there, there's a couple minutes to go. Alabama's yep. down eight. They're driving. Yep. They're getting like at the forty yard line, forty fifty yard line. They're mm-hmm. they're driving. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you start throwing bombs, 30, 40, 50 yards. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you've got plenty of time. you got timeouts. And then pick uh, an 80-yard touchdown mm-hmm. uh, interception. Like, they were moving the ball just fine. They had lots of time. And it felt like there was 30 seconds left, and they needed to throw it 40 yards down the field when that was not the case. So I don't know why. Why that happened. I don't know if they thought, we need to score here quick, and if we don't get this two-point conversion, we need to – you know, have our timeouts available, but I don't know why they just decided just to start chucking it at the end of that game. Alabama's two best players are both freshmen, I believe. Uh, uh, Bryce Young, quarterback, and then that Will Anderson, that linebacker. He was fantastic. He was flying all over the field. There were a few plays where it looked like he had jumped off. Will Anderson, he's, he's a sophomore. He's sophomore. a sophomore. Okay, I'm sorry. He's a sophomore. But regardless, they're both coming back next year. I mean, that's yeah. – he was jumping off the – it, it's hard. Also, Bryce to... Young, Bryce Young also sophomore. Oh, is he sophomore? Why did I think he was a freshman? Well, uh, rewind what I just said. I think, I think it says sophomore. Maybe they switched it already. Uh, regardless, they'll. Uh, I mean, they'll be back. Yes, yes, they will. Uh, they're they're great. Nicobe Dean was all over the field. The Georgia linebacker. I mean, it's it was honestly a battle between him and Dean, or between Dean and Anderson as to who was the better defensive player on the field because they were making plays left and right. Uh, I really like what Alabama's got. I think Alabama's the best team going into next season. Ohio State won't be far behind, uh, especially given what their wide receivers did in the Rose Bowl against Utah. But I think it's it's. Alabama and it's Ohio State. Georgia. Georgia will be in the mix as well. I'm going to go Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame makes pick. What about AM? Uh I I don't I think you I can't. I mean I I I picked him at one point for the playoff. I'll never pick him again. <laughs> I don't think Jimbo Fisher is a good coach. He apparently gets all these recruits. You wouldn't know. I, I believe they finish out of the top 25, I believe in the final rankings. Yeah. No, no, fuck a And M. They're just not. No. Okay. Okay. No. Um, fuck them. I, I gave them a shot. No. Fuck you, a And M. They're near the top of my list of of things I don't like in sports. Texas a And M. Jimbo, hundred million dollars for fucking what? You won a title at Florida State. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You give yourself a hundred million dollars. You better have fucking three of them. Yeah. Devils three. Sweeney. He's earned a hundred million dollars. Nobody else. No. He, no. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah, Ohio, Alabama, Ohio State. I like Baylor. It's kind of my, my underdog next year. Clemson might be there. Yeah, see who the who, quarterback is, under, I guess. Quarterback's going to be the same. That's got to get better. Who's your underdog this year? Or next year? Baylor. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's that's not a bad... 
that spot either. Um, Certainly not a Pac-12 team. And again, we're we're a deal where Pac-12 make make a playoff for once. ACC, you only have to worry about Clemson if it's not them. They're shut out. Big Ten, it's going to be Ohio State. One year it wasn't finally. SEC, they're going to get two teams in. Uh, well, it's happened. Is this the first year? Has it happened a couple times? Mm. This is the first time it's ever happened. And Notre Dame, you know, they're fortunate to not to be in a conference, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, I think we got to give USC a, a, a couple of years. I'm not I, USC. Show show me. Yeah, I know. I'm not. Right. I'm not getting on the, the USC train at all. At all. No. They can certainly win that conference because it's not any good. You don't have to be a top ten team to win that conference. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley did well at Oklahoma. He certainly didn't win any national titles. Like you beat, you were good in the Big Twelve, which was the fourth best conference in the country, maybe third or fourth, and you got blown out every year in the playoffs. That's that's what Lincoln Riley did. So I'm gonna hold off on any USC recruits. To me, it's fine. Stetson Bennett, where I mean, where was he on the fucking recruiting list? He wasn't. Yeah, he went to Jones College in Mississippi. I mean, come on, we. I mean, that's we know his story, and mm-hmm. he was not there. So I love recruits the, are great, but yeah. win some fucking games, USA. I love the emotion that Stetson Bennett showed after that pick six. It just it, it was a wave of emotion that came over. He, the magnitude of the moment, he's like, "Oh my gosh, we're gonna win! I can't believe it!" I for him to come back the way he did after that fumble, I thought was very impressive. Uh, again, I, I and we got to remember too that Alabama was struggling the last month of the season with Williams, with Jamison Williams, and with John Mechie playing, and we didn't expect them to put forth the performance that they did against Georgia. That yummy rat poison that we all gave oh, yeah. Nick Saban and company. So it, it's not like this was a great Alabama team by any stretch this season, but uh, this next year. Uh, they'll be. They should be really good. They should be back to Alabama standards, and I fully expect them to be in the national championship game. Yes, I really want to pick Kentucky to do something big. Yes, yeah. They're they're at they're at Florida week two. You got to win that one. I'm gonna beat them. You're at Old Miss. Ooh. Might be tough. You're at Tennessee. I think Tennessee is gonna be all right. Yes. Yeah. You, you host Georgia near the end of the season. You now Kentucky, they're. Kentucky's been really good for a while, so I see two or three losses there. That it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And Utah, we'll see what Utah can do. Oregon with a new coach. Mm-hmm. Georgia's defense coordinator going to Oregon. So, but again, it, like it, it feels like it doesn't really matter. It's going to be Alabama and somebody else. Who's mm-hmm. who's going to play in the in the uh, national Alabama Invitational next year? This year was Georgia. Last year was Ohio State. A couple years ago was Clemson. Well, a couple years ago, though, it was LSU-Clemson. Sure, LSU-Clemson for once. That was a hell of a ball game. Hell of a, hell of a season for LSU. Mm-hmm. So, Alabama. I'll go Alabama-Baylor for something different. All right. There you go. I like it. Uh, so, yeah, college football's done. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more here with Charlie when he comes on here in a little bit uh, to react to more of the national championship game and, and whatnot. Uh 
basketball? Do we anything else? Like college no. basketball is going on here. We got the NBA, the NHL, baseball still in a lockout. Uh, what, what do you have? USC is up to number five in college basketball. They yep. lost. Yep. Baylor lost. And uh, Baylor lost. The last two undefeateds are gone, which kind of seems kind of early. Like, you know, Gonzaga had a good run. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's always one team that, that makes a run. So, um, yeah, I mean, it feels like it's pretty wide open in, in college basketball this year it's it's I, i'm trying I, I need to get into it more here now i it's it's just been tough uh so hopefully we'll we'll start oh, we want to to, um yeah yep so now that that's done that's that's good duke lost at home to miami on uh, on saturday that was rather stunning um so maybe duke isn't all that they're cracked up to be south dakota State. the acc the acc is not good they've yeah. got I believe they have 27 teams in that conference, and they only might get four or five in, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're going to. Like it is, it is not good. Wake Forest and uh, and Louisville are kind of just, ba- I think, battling for that fourth team uh, spot, and they keep it. It. I think the ACC is just kind of going to cannibalize itself. I really unacceptable. Do. You got North Carolina there. I like them, but. It's Duke and Miami and Lake Forest and don't turn it into the Pac-12 here. You got to get at least you know seven or eight teams in. That ain't gonna happen. Well, and despite that win against Duke, Lenardi only has Miami as a ten seed. So it's not like yeah, Miami's no. a, a given. That's it's interesting. Yeah, South Dakota State still looks really good. So that's that's positive. Um, maybe, maybe they'll win a big game. Maybe they'll. Maybe this is the year they finally. Maybe be a 13 seed. Maybe this is the year they finally put it together. I have no idea what's going on with Noah Friedel. Um, I don't know if it's the same mental issues or whatever it was last year, but he's just not playing right now. So it'd be nice if like your second best player was out there, but. Mm-hmm. Zeke Mayo, Zeke Mayo, he's he's their next big guy. I Zeke loved, Mayo, look out! I loved it when they got him. Like I, I read up on him and watched some of his play. He was like, "Wow, this guy is coming to South Dakota State. That's phenomenal." Yeah, Zeke Mayo is the real deal. Uh, they they beat North Dakota State up in Fargo, so you just have to beat USD down in Vermilion here. Oral Roberts, you're gonna have to beat them down in Tulsa. At some point, uh, but yeah, this this Jackrabbit team looks really, really good right now. Lenardi has them projected as a 13 seed, playing a four seed Alabama. Uh, they already, I would. That's why didn't they play them already this year? Or was that did. last year? Yep. Nope. They did already this year. Alabama beat them, but Alabama has struggled since then. Yeah, uh, I would take that. Yep. So I I think South Dakota State would be. Very good. Houston is another four seed. I don't know if that – I don't really want to play Houston. Houston's really good. Uh, just seeing some of the other potential teams. Wisconsin, maybe Wisconsin. That sure. Sign me the fuck yeah. up to play Wisconsin, yeah, really. yes. Uh, just looking at some of the four seeds here. The other four seed, Illinois. No thanks. I think Illinois is going to go up a little bit here. And, yeah. Yep, so those are the four fours. So. There we go. Uh, so yeah, college basketball. We'll, we'll have a lot more college basketball talk here as the as the season progresses here, along with the NFL playoffs. Uh, NBA, your Bulls keep winning. Clay Thompson came back. Go Bulls. Uh, 
John Morant with a huge block on Sunday night against the Lakers. Uh, It's just, there isn't, like, Golden State and Phoenix are the dominant teams in the West. The East doesn't seem like they have anything. And overall, it just feels like a lot of, like, the Timberwolves are playing pretty good. But overall, there's just not a ton of excitement, I would say, in the NBA thus far. Bulls are good. Bulls are a one seed. That's exciting for me. Yep. So good for the Bulls. They play the Nets tonight. You know what time that game is? Nine o'clock. Why the fuck is it at nine o'clock? Yeah, because uh, ESPN has a game. They did the same thing with the Timberwolves. They have. They were playing the Lakers on Friday night at Why? nine o'clock. Why? Uh, Ridiculous. Yep. Don't like it. That sucks. Um. Yeah, the Wolves, I didn't think they'd be in the playoffs, but I think they, they probably should be. There's it's, a bit of a, I mean, that, that 10 seed in the West right now is not good. No, no, it isn't. It seems like we always need to have NFL, baseball, we always need to have that final team in the playoffs not be worthy mm-hmm. and not be very good. Like, what was it, the Cardinals this year and the Dodgers? Yep. It's like, it's better to have, I mean, limit your playoff teams. That is not happening anymore. Um, Inexcusable Lakers. loss for the Timberwolves Tuesday night against New Orleans, just for the record. Shouldn't have lost that game. They are they're much better defensively, so that's, that's a big improvement for the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Memphis is 110 in a row. Memphis all of a sudden. You got Phoenix, you got Golden State, then you got the Jazz. Mm-hmm. And then you got Memphis. They're 29-14. and 14. So John Morant, he, he's, a, he's excellent. Uh, Nuggets struggling. Uh, the East, just a bunch of junk. The six through the nine um, seeds in the West right now are all separated by one game. Not a lot of difference there. Miami, Miami, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, one of those teams is going to be on the road in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, Hornets, Hornets doing well. I see my Hornets do good. That's good. Yep. Um, ben Simmons, which I, who I also think is an idiot. We'll see if he gets traded here in the next month. But it's just amazing. He's just sitting out to see what he's 25. He just decides to not play because he's a bitch. Just decides his I don't know, feelings are hurt or whatever because he's not any good because he hasn't gotten any better. He just decides he's not going to play. That's just amazing. Amazing. It is. Uh, speaking of little uh, being a bitch and whatnot, how about Novak Djokovic? Uh, oh, yeah. The also Australian Ministry... Or whatever the judge uh, said that that Australia had to reinstate no Novak Novak Djokovic's passport. You know he was detained last week and in a hotel. There's protests or there's you know, rallies going on in Serbia for him. And oh, poor Novak. Well, you know what? He's still he's still a lying sack of shit. I don't think it's still up in the air at this point whether or not he is going to play in the Australian Open. I don't think anyone wants him to be, to play in the Australian Open. At least no one down there. The like the Minister of Immigration or something is looking at maybe like changing up his visa again or trying to get rid of it. I don't know what how this situation is all going to pan out, but Novak looks absolutely awful in this. Unfortunately, maybe Australia went a little outside of their uh, power in getting rid of you know, and, and trying to detain him and, and cancel his visa. 
But I hope they can do it again. I hope he doesn't play. And if he does play, I hope he loses right away, even if he does. I would, the only thing that would be interesting is if he won it all, how many people would be cheering and how many people would be booing? I think the boos would rain down on uh, Rod Laver Stadium. COVID is going to be around for the rest of our lives. Yes. It just is. It's a thing that we can't get rid of because we don't want to. And, yeah, the rule is if you're not vaccinated, don't come here. He's not. He'll get treatment because he's famous. But Australia's tough. I wish we did that. Say, if you're not vaccinated, yeah, if I had a business, I'd say, fuck you. If you're not, if you don't have uh, your vaccinations, don't come in here. I need to see proof, like the big cities, proof of your vaccination record. You don't have it. Get out of here. Don't come into my business. Well, Australia is trying. The judge denied it, so I don't know where they're going to go from here. But with the Australian Open starting on Sunday night, Monday in Australia, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes. It's, it hasn't been determined yet. I'm hoping hoping something happens, though. It's the same thing with you, you need your kid to get vaccinations to get into schools. Mm-hmm. It's been that way for a long time. And then people act like, oh, my freedom's with COVID. You're going to make me get a shot, a vaccine to go here and go there to get into school? Yes, because those have been the rules for decades now, for fucking 70 years. You had to get a shot to get into school. Polio, smallpox, all this shit. This isn't anything new. Mm -hmm. Just people are too dumb to understand. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, well, now we can drink our own urine, you know, and that's, so, that's, that'll, that'll help us against COVID, just drink your own urine. You know what? Jordy is going to a simple shot, that's fine, it takes you about five minutes and you'll be done. Every time you hear about drinking urine, I just think to that dodgeball scene, oh, it's sterile and I like the taste. That's right, there's like dodgeball. (laughs) Uh, Anything else we need to get to? Eric Weddle's coming back to the Rams for the playoffs. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, okay. He's 37 years old. He didn't play last year. And he's coming in for the playoffs, so hell of a deal there. Oh, what else? I've got a new podcast. I'm going to start up here. What is it? Uh, I'm going to call it Taking Time with Travis. Nice. Melissa came up with that name, so uh, Marcus is going to be on the show. He's going to come down to the station tomorrow, record his little segment. Okay, so it's something so, through the radio station then. It's I'll put it on the website. Okay. And it's basically just whoever the hell I want to talk to about whatever the hell I want to talk about. Nice. So it's Marcus. Um, I talked to Mike McFeely from Fargo. Got his thoughts on the bison, everything going on with them. Yeah. Kind of talked about, like, you know, Please at what point do you just move up and say, all right, we've won nine national titles. Yeah. At what point do you just move up and you go to the Mountain West? What does that look like? So, talked to him for about 20 minutes the other day. Very cool. Don't talk to Dom uh, Izzo. Are you ever bringing Dom Izzo on? No, I will. I will never do that. Okay, no. thank you. Thank you. I will never do that. Yeah. Never. I feel he's good. Never. He's he's, he's very good. Uh, what? So without giving no, too much he's of, he's terrible. Um. Oh, you don't like he, him? He. I hate him. Mike McFeely. I, I like him better. Um. Dom Izzo. He's one of those guys. There's a couple people out there that I check their Twitter every once in a while just to see what stupid stuff that they tweet. Uh huh. 
and I'm never disappointed. <laughs> and Dom Izzo was like, if the Bison were in uh, FBS, they'd be in the playoff mix this year if it was like an 8 or 12 team playoff. Whatever. It's like, no, they wouldn't. No, they lost to SDSU. Maybe in time they would have if, 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 the, if it's a 12 team playoff and if they guaranteed at least one spot to the best group of five team, maybe North Dakota State could be that. Maybe they go to the Mountain West. Maybe they could win that conference. Maybe they could be better than all the Sun Belt and AAC teams. They could maybe be that uh-huh. if that were to ever happen. I, I, I never, I do never, I never see the college football playoff guaranteeing the top a, a spot in the playoff to one of the group of five teams. I never see that happening. Uh, he's such a dumb shit. So, so he mentioned that, and there are certain things that he's mentioned through the years. I'm like, are you serious, dude? Like, how do you, how is this your profession? So without get, without giving too much away, just uh, what were uh, McNeely's general thoughts on the Bison moving up? Like, it's not going to happen anytime soon. But you've got James Madison moving up. You've got Sam Houston moving up. Jacksonville like, State whoa. moving up. Jacksonville State. Like, like, what is there anymore? There, there was SDSU, Montana State, Montana. What, what else? What else is there? there there's nothing. They can. I mean, they're going to win. They're going to just continue to win national championships. SDSU has proven they're not good enough to to get to that point. They're they're the only team I consider SDSU the only team that can compete mm-hmm. and beat with North Dakota State on a consistent basis. Yep. They've beaten them more than anybody, mm-hmm. but then they lose to USD and Southern Illinois and Northern Iowa and all these games throughout the years they've lost to where that they got to be on the road in the playoffs and they can never get to a national title game. So it's like you can beat North Dakota State, but you can't beat the teams to get to play them again when it really counts. So that's disappointing. And I guess they're rolling a $50 million indoor facility. And if they were to go anywhere, it'd be the Mountain West, and I think they would just do fine there. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if they could just do okay. We're just going to go Division One in football. They do it in hockey. I mean, SDSU's in the Big Twelve for wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's swimming programs, a whole bunch of bunch of all other programs, baseball, in which you are in a different conference than your normal conference. Why that can't happen for this, I don't know. But um, it's it's not going to happen anytime soon. And at that point, does SDSU? What do they do? Do they they probably stick where they are? So old Division Two now becomes new FCS. All those Division Two teams: South Dakota State, USD, everybody else, North Dakota. They just move up from twenty years ago, and now they're the new FCS. I do find it a little interesting. Uh, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend or not, or maybe it was late last week. Murray State is moving to yeah. Missouri Valley, and I think you know between that and Belmont joining the Missouri Valley, I, Loyola Chicago is going to join the A10. Uh, so Missouri Valley's losing there, but I think the, the fact that Belmont and Murray State are now joining the Missouri Valley, I think that all but slams the door shut on. North Dakota yeah. State and South Dakota State move into the Valley for now. I So I'm going to put away the expansion or the – not the expansion talk, but the, the, the conference, conference realignment, realignment moving uh, for the Jackrabbits and the Bison. I'm going to put that aside for a little bit at, like for all non-football uh, non, uh, sports. 
because I just don't see it happening right now. I thought that I thought the Missouri Valley was the best chance, but now with adding Murray State to it, I I, I just I don't see where another conference is going to want to take on SDSU and NDSU at this time. And we talked a little bit about the Summit League and St. Thomas coming in. You think St. Thomas men are going to be really good pretty soon. I shared my disdain for Kansas City. What a waste of space they are. Um, didn't say, I mean, Western Illinois is a, a waste as well. They could leave. That'd be a, yep. that'd be good if they were to leave. But um, And Augustana, I mean, they should get in. I, unless they're going to just concentrate on hockey, Division One hockey, unless that's going to be their thing. Mm-hmm. So talked a little bit about that. And then uh, Friday, I'm going to talk with uh, Arif Hassan, a Viking reporter for The Athletic. Oh, yes, yes. he's I follow him on Twitter. So I'm going to talk to him on Friday about Viking stuff. So those are the first three people I've got. Very good. So I want to get about three guests a week. Should be about an hour or so, 45 minutes to an hour each show. Uh, I want to get three guests. And, have, uh, and then just... It's a week-by-week basis, whatever's going on, and you just email these people, and I feel like we got a lot of bunch of good guests when we were in Brookings doing the radio show. Yes, we did, yeah. Every time I see so, Bill Hancock on TV, I always think that's right. our, our interview with him. <laughs> Unbelievable how that happened. I don't know why he said yes. I don't know. So, and there's certain people I want to get on, so hopefully we can make that happen, and if I can just find their email or contact information, I'll just say, hey, I mean... I had Tim Kirchner and I, we did that baseball podcast a couple of years ago. I enjoyed that. Yep. Say so Tim Kirchner was probably by far the biggest guy we got. Mm-hmm. So more stuff like that because I used to do a coach's show. Yep. And we're not doing that anymore. You and okay. like I feel like I want to do something. So I'll just do this and talk to people I'm interested in or people who I think know, know what's going on about whatever. Very cool. Well, I'll be sure to listen. You're going to post this, I, I'm guessing, to social media then on on Friday? Yeah, was, it just on Friday, yeah. Days? It's when is it going to come out every week? I don't know, but yeah, I got to. So, the one uh, interview's on Friday, so hopefully I'll have everything put together and just record that and put that in there. So, yeah, I would say Thursday, Friday, um, they should be out there. So. Very cool. Well, I wish you the best of success. That sounds like a lot of fun and uh, that you're going to get a lot of good guests and stuff. So, uh, good luck there. Uh, anything else we need to get to? Should be good at Wedding in the Snow. We're supposed to go wedding dress shopping on Saturday. So hopefully uh, we can get to Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. And then once we're done with that, uh, we're done. So. Are you going wedding dress shopping with her? No, I'll be at, uh, I'll go to my parents' house. Okay. They, they can go and do that. And then uh, myself and my dad will stop at the suit place. And it's my birthday on Tuesday, so yes. then we can go out to eat. And it's my mom's birthday, I think, on Friday. So birthdays and whatever, so we'll do that hopefully Saturday. Very cool, yes. Then that means uh, your birthday uh, yes. means 12 years of the Sports Block Podcast. We should do the show next Tuesday on that day. If you would like to, we will do it there, yep. I am open. That would be, what, two, that was a 2010? Yeah. So that would be twelve. Yep, yep. I never want to. I never want to take up time on your birthday. But if you would like to do the podcast, no, 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 on your no absolutely. That would be, and I'm off that day too of work, I believe. So fantastic. Yes, we have a little work next Tuesday exactly 
Exactly 12 years ago. Yes. yes. Yep. All right. Sounds good. That's a plan. Uh, the NFL playoffs will, uh, the wild card round will be done then, so we'll have plenty to react to. But uh, you enjoy the weekend. Hopefully, it doesn't snow too much in your neck of the woods. I will take the snow up here. And, yes. uh, you know, enjoy the weekend, like I said, and uh, good luck with the podcast. And we'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right. I'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, as always, on the Sports Block Podcast, and appreciate his time, as always. Uh, great stuff there. Lots of NFL thoughts, lots of thoughts on the Vikings, the head coaching, uh, GM vacancies, the playoffs, uh, the Georgia winning. And we will have so much more on Georgia winning. We have Charlie Hildebrand coming up here, uh, college football resident expert and uh, um, good friend from the Northwest Iowa Review with some thoughts there. So we'll, we'll get that and plenty more. So yeah, 12 years already. Ooh, we're going to do that here. It's coming up next on the, the next week, the 12 year anniversary and Travis's birthday. It's coming up here next on the sports. Well, that's coming up next week on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com on Twitter. Follow me at Andy Sacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. But coming up next, Charlie Hildebrand with, uh, will react to Georgia winning the national championship over Alabama. That's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. All right, we continue here on the Sports Block Podcast. The college football season is over. I know that makes my next guest sad, the one and only uh, Charlie Hildebrand from the Northwest Iowa Review, my good friend. And uh, Charlie, the Georgia Bulldogs are on top of the mountain. Um, they are. I should say, I'm not sad yet because like in this, like five minutes after the game. Yes. So yes. I've not had enough time to be sad yet. I'm still... Enjoying the way this game played out. Yeah, it, you know, it didn't start out great, uh, but still more entertaining, I think, than we've seen other games. Like, certainly more entertaining than last year's game between Ohio State and Alabama, even though there were only field goals early on. But Georgia beats Alabama 33-18. to uh, I, I got to tell you, I feel incredibly good for Stetson Bennett the fourth. I mean, this kid has had quite the journey and you just at that pick six there at the end, and you just saw the tears flow from his face, the emotion, uh, the magnitude of the situation, and everything. I feel really good for him and and Georgia Bulldogs fans everywhere because this is like Steve Young uh, winning the Super Bowl and getting the monkey off of his back. That's what I feel like this is for Georgia because Alabama was that monkey on their back. I mean, you throw in Georgia winning the national title and the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series just a few months ago. Yeah. Like, I don't, this is, I mean, they've been out of, I mean, I think they've been in a funk. I realize that the Braves won a World Series and that the Bulldogs won a national title in 1980. But this close together doing this, I mean, I don't know. Have they been in a funk since... William Tecumseh Sherman marched to the sea in the <laughs> Civil War. I mean, to get both of these in such a short period of time, yeah. it's impressive. And then, I mean, like you said, with uh, with Stetson Bennett, who did not look good for much of the game, had that play that we could debate whether it was a fumble or an incomplete pass, but obviously it didn't go his way. Mm-hmm. Even if it was an incomplete pass, he did not look good on that play. I no. mean, he looks like a stereotypical hashtag walk-on. 
Well, where it's like, what are you doing right well, now? Okay. And basically, from right, like right after that, I mean, obviously Alabama scored, but yep. switch Georgia. Other after that, it was like, wait, now they look fantastic again on offense. Switch flipped. Stetson Bennett was four or four for eighty-six yards and two touchdowns after that fumble. And I'll I'll tell you this right now: that William Anderson for uh, for. Alabama, their linebacker or defensive, whatever you want to call him, a hybrid. Holy cow, he's going to be making yeah. a lot of plays on Sundays. He is quite the weapon. He's easily Alabama's best I don't best like defender. to make big predictions. I usually let you make the outrageous predictions, <laughs> and I don't really think this is going to happen. The speed he has, would you be stunned if he's threatening single-season sack records four years from now? No, he could be like a T.J. Watt. Yeah. He really could. Except much more athletic. Yes, yes. And not to say that Watt's a bad athlete, but it's just ridiculous how freaky he is. Yes, and we're, maybe we're being a little prisoner of the moment right now with it, but it was just an incredible uh, performance by him. And for Alabama, let's just let's speak to Alabama here for a second because – this game changed drastically when uh, Jamison Williams, their star wide receiver, remember they're already without John Mechie, the wide receiver who, who tore his ACL in the SEC championship game. So they're already without one of their top wide receivers, top weapons. And then Jamison Williams goes right up the middle. It was a bust in coverage, and he's running down the, the field. He's past midfield, and I think, he makes was, the catch. He and makes then the catch. He yeah, yeah, the but catch. it was the catch and the run. And then as he, I think he's making a turn, or was it after he had gotten contacted? He had, you could just tell. The I think it looked like he was trying to make a cut, okay. and like his knee just like buckled. Oh, look at this! Stetson Bennett the fourth is pulling a Joe Burrow with a cigar right now. Come on, man! Oh, now that's just I got to take Stetson Bennett down a peg here. There's only one. Uh, Hey, a lot of guys have celebrated with cigars before Joe Burrow. Oh, that's, that's just true. the first time you saw a guy doing that. That's true, perhaps. Okay, never mind. Now, to be fair, I don't know if a lot of college quarterbacks were doing it on the field afterwards. He might have been the first college quarterback to do that. But, I mean, hey, if there's ever a time to do it, I think now would be the time. I suppose. Like, Stetson Bennett's stock is higher now than it will ever be for the rest of his life. And, and I, don't want, I don't mean that to be, like, negative towards him. Right. I just, I'm assuming he's not going to go on to be a president or a movie star. Well, with a name like Stetson Bennett the Fourth, I would think he could be in Wall Street and working with stocks. <laughs> yeah, a finance broker. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but that that was a huge turning point in the game for Alabama, losing their best wide receiver at that point. You could tell it was a bad knee injury right away. Like, you could just see the knee spaz out. And at that point, it's like, okay, you know, what does Alabama have? Is... Is they, they got plenty of talent. They're never yep. short on talent, but they were short on experience. Yep. And there were a fair amount of, of throws that Bryce Young had that it was like, oh, they looked like maybe not like it, an easy, easy catch, but it hit that guy in the hands, and there was kind of coverage there. But like there were at least four or five of those that Alabama dropped. Yep. That I think most teams you'd be like, oh, that sucks, he dropped it. But with Alabama, you're like, wait. They dropped both of those? Like, yeah. that's surprising. Well, he they had, don't do this. He had one throw to Brooks along the sideline there on the right sideline, and Brooks either lost it in uh, in the lights. I don't know, but he, he just made a one-handed play at it. Probably could have made it with both. Uh, you know, could have made the catch with two hands there. Said just tried to go with one. So, I, I don't know. But that was – it was clearly a, a difficult time – 
there for Alabama to try and get a lot of stuff going. And yet, Georgia kept squandering opportunities. They get the pick. I I questioned what Georgia was doing to begin the second half. They had two really good runs there with uh, with Zamir White, and I, and I don't know if, if James Cook had a run in there, but the, the first drive of the second half, they're running the ball effectively, and then they try three passes and don't get anywhere. Then they get a pick. And they have the ball at the forty at the Alabama forty three, and instead of running the, the football because they were down nine to six at the time, they throw it three more times. It's like this isn't working. Why aren't you trying to run the football? I think that's just the classic offensive coordinator problem. Is that uh, they get offensive coordinators are like booties, and it's like, hey, this is really good, but I don't want to keep doing this one thing that's good. I want to change things up. Well, yeah, after, this isn't specific. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I completely agree. Yep. But there's many offensive coordinators that do that, and I, I don't know why they do it. But it's almost they're just like, well, this is working, but wouldn't it be more fun if you throw it for 50 yards here? It's, and it, it just seemed like that was the problem that they had, at least early in the second half. It's the school of Minnesota Viking offensive coordinate, coordinating, which now, uh, you know, maybe there'll be a different school with uh, – with the Vikings getting a new head coach uh, and offensive Maybe it'll be Brian Flores. Apparently he's available for some reason. Well, he's going to That's be... another's debate for another one. <laughs> oh, he, he could be the defensive coordinator. I don't know if he'll be... If he's going to be great calling offensive plays. Well, I but, just mean you know, if he's the head coach, sure, he can hire an offensive sure. coordinator. Yes. But, yeah. Um, but, so Alabama, short on... As you said, short on the experience, not short on the talent, but that... Then finally, Todd Munkin, the Georgia D, the Georgia offensive coordinator, got the the plays going. It was really after that fumble when Georgia was up thirteen to twelve, and Stetson Bennett fumbles it. Alabama gets it at the fifteen. It, it was crazy because the the guy who picked it up was so nonchalant about it. I think Chris Fowler used no, that. No, he clearly had no idea. He, everyone in the stadium didn't think it was a fumble at that point. I mean, he was including him. He was inches away. Maybe, maybe not even inches. Maybe just singular millimeters. Inch, yeah, millimeters away from stepping out of bounds. I mean, that was crazy. So Alabama gets the short field. They get the touchdown. They're up eighteen thirteen. And after that, the switch flip for Stetson Bennett. They get the touchdown. They did not get the two point conversion. Though, to right. Keep it at a five point game. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Great point there. And. And then after that, Georgia just flipped the switch. Uh, they were aggressive through the air. Alabama couldn't keep up. And they... Mitchell from Georgia did his Randy Moss impression on that oh. 50-yard touchdown pass and catch. That, and, it, and it was a the fr- second that Lewis out of the honest Bennett's hands. I thought, oh, there's no way mm-hmm. this is going to be caught. He's not. He's not playing well. This is tight coverage. He's not going to get this. And then it was not an easy catch. He had to keep control of it to fight to come down with it. But wow, that was uh, that was quite the catch. I think the biggest difference between the championship game and the SEC championship game, at least in my novice opi- opinion here, is that yes, there were still breakdowns by Georgia in the secondary multiple times in both games, but in the in the the national championship they were able to get pressure somewhat consistently on Bryce Young and make him uncomfortable and that was the big difference yes I mean I would agree with that I mean this is oversimplifying it but yeah it's basically they got they got pressure and made it so it wasn't easy to throw and they took advantage when Alabama made mistakes and when I say that I don't mean the offense took advantage right away necessarily especially early 
But I mean, the defense took advantage. That they said, okay, you didn't complete this pass on second down. We're not going to let you get it on third down either. We're going to get off the field and get the offense with all back. Mm-hmm. But that's it, it basically, I think that's just what it was. I mean, there was a point in time I thought that Alabama was going to win like uh, 15 to 12 or 13 mm-hmm. or something like that. And it, yeah. it, it was going to be just an unfortunate uh, loss for the Georgia defense after playing, you know, putting forth a Herculean effort. And their offense just not helping them out at all. Right. But, they, but, you know, fortunately for Georgia and their defense, the offense did enough. It made some big plays late that it ended up uh, ended up being the difference. But, yeah, the, Georgia's defense or Georgia's offense still didn't play great as a whole. You take everything into account, yep. even with some Alabama injuries and guys not there, it was still an incredible defensive performance to hold Alabama and the Heisman Trophy winner on 20 points. Yep. Well, if and if Georgia hadn't won this game, the, I think this would be for for Georgia fans everywhere. It would have been, well, if not now. When is it ever going to happen? Like this was going to be the yeah. year, and certainly then after the Jamison Williams injury, it was like, okay, we have to take advantage of this. And if we can't, when are we ever going to? Georgia, if you go by recruiting rankings, which those are certainly not the be all end all. But I think they're generally a good tool to at least give you an idea. But if you go by those, Georgia had the most talented roster in the country this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're going to be – I mean, I think they'll be able to say that some other times, but not year in and year out every year, at mm-hmm. least as long as Nick Saban's there. Yep. And to have the edge over them, to be undefeated going into the conference title game, I mean, it was like this was their season to do it. And if they, like you said, if they wouldn't have done it now – that doesn't mean they couldn't do it, but it would be like, well, you wasted your best shot at it. Yes. And it really looked like they were going to waste their best shot at it for a while. But they came through late with enough plays to win. I just... I mean, yes, we have to give a lot right, of see, credit. To, yeah, go ahead. This is the something I thought of at some point late in this game. And I think I saw someone allude to partially or some of this, so I didn't come up with all of this independently, but the two biggest plays of the game until the pick six by Jordan, well, the long touchdown pass to Mitchell and then the pick six late. Mm-hmm. The two biggest plays were Alabama fumbling on the first drive, Georgia returning it for a touchdown, and then changing their minds and saying it didn't count. Wait, that was, and then that was the, the other right end, call, don't you think? That, that was the correct call that they made. I think it was, but... but it, the other big play is then the flip side that Georgia thinks they've got an incomplete pass. It turns out that it's yes. a fumble that Alabama gets up the 15-yard line. Mm-hmm. And there was a point in time, I think, you could have looked at those two things. Well, he, and I'm not saying that – I think they both ultimately – well, I mean, I don't know if that was a pass or not. on Stetson mm-hmm. Bennett fumble. Mm-hmm. The first one, they definitely got right, the call, I think. Yep. Second one, I think it's kind of a coin flip. Yep. But I think with most teams in a close game – you get both of those wrong to not go your way, and the other team gets the ball at the 15, drives in to score, and takes the lead. Like, most teams are done at that point. Right. I mean, just mentally just having the, oh, no, like, not again. How did this happen? Mm-hmm. And most teams can't recover from that, and, and they did. And basically it takes that attitude of, like, no, we're going out and doing it. And, and the defense did. I mean, I you know, I Alabama did score a touchdown that drive, but they didn't let him get the two-point conversion and then didn't let him score the rest of the game. 
And the Georgia offense came up with looked incredible from that point on. And I, I, I mean, I think they are truly deserving to be national champions based off that. Nice. I think so many teams. I think basically, if it wasn't Georgia, if Alabama was playing someone else in the national title game, mm-hmm. and Alabama was in that situation, I think they could have possibly overcome that. But I don't think Michigan's overcoming that. I don't think Cincinnati's overcoming that. Mm. And I certainly don't think anyone else who didn't make the playoffs this yeah, year the mental is overcoming that. I, I think it's yeah. just, it's, oh, no, we're done. Three and out. Alabama goes down, scores again. Up 12. Ball game's over. And it's uh, just, oh, my God, Nick Saban did it again. Absolutely. The mental resolve uh, of Georgia is really something uh, to behold and, and, and cool to look at. I mean, I haven't looked at NFL mock drafts yet at all, but I have to imagine – there's going to be at least five first round picks or first or second round picks from Georgia's defense getting taken. And they're probably going to have at least about what, 10, 10 guys taken. I mean, this, there are going to, there are, there's so many the two teams, both Georgia and Alabama. Let's, let's not even go future years where there will be guys who played this year at the title game, but aren't draft eligible. Yeah. I'm just talking this year. Let's, yeah. Just, just this year alone. I would imagine the first two rounds, offense and defense, like there might be one, like 14 guys between these two teams drafted mm-hmm. in the first two rounds. Maybe that's a tad eye. There's going to be a bunch, though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just Georgia's defensive line is so deep between Carter and Wyatt and and uh, uh, Jordan Davis. It's just insane how deep and how great all of those defensive linemen are. And maybe, I mean, certainly not all in the first two rounds, but it's also possible that every starting Georgia, Georgia defensive player tonight like gets drafted too at mm-hmm. some point. Oh, which yeah. is, like, which you, is also, I mean, you can play national title defense if you only have like eight NFL guys. You don't necessarily need all 11 of them to do it. Right. I think they probably have 11. And I don't think Stetson Bennett's going to get drafted, but I mean, I could be wrong on that, I suppose. But maybe everybody else on their offense, too, might be. I mean, truly an exceptional level of talent across the board. Was it Brock Bowers? Is that the name of the tight end? He's a freshman. I mean, it's, and he's arguably their best offensive player. I mean, it's uh, for Georgia, it's incredible. Um, yeah, this. It's what a what a win for Georgia, and I thought it was kind of cool. You can tell that he's been in this spot before and won a a, a, a number of national championships already because Nick Saban seemed very happy for Kirby Smart in the post game uh, meet and greet at midfield, and they shared a moment and stuff. And it was just like, and Nick's like, yeah, okay, I guess we lost this one. Big deal. I still have seven or eight, uh, however many championships he has already. You know, you enjoy this one. This didn't seem to have as much heartbreak, and maybe that's because of the relationship. Obviously, Nick Saban wants to win, but you could tell he's been here a number of times. He's won it a number of times that this wasn't a soul-crushing loss for him. At least that's how it looked to me in that uh, meet and greet at midfield. I would say, A, you're correct that it appeared that way. B, since he's already won seven and he just won one last year, it's possible it might not stay this much. But C, it also very much might be, and he's just very good at the media stuff now. And once they're behind closed doors, like three days from now, it's going to be like, oh, 
you thought that we were good two years ago. We thought we're going to look this next year coming off of a loss where we have extra motivation and rat poison to eat all summer yeah. <laughs> and all fall and all that stuff. Well, and, I mean, he, he's he got a very close relationship with Kirby Smart, former assistant under him, and and they've, you know, for, for many years, so... This is now the second. Also, Nick Saban entered this year that he had never lost to any of his assistants. He lost to two of them. Yeah, you just took the words right out of my mouth. Yep, that is the And, and the other thing is that, like, looking back on it, like the way the season played out, knowing everything we know now, like, Georgia makes sense. Even if you thought Alabama was going to win in the SEC title game or tonight, you'd be like, well, I thought they'd win, but I get losing to Georgia. They're plenty good. Knowing what we know now with a backup quarterback, I'm, I still can't believe they lost to Texas a Oh, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and this is not a great Alabama team, and I think that's what made the SEC championship game outcome so much more eye, like, eye-opening. And I think kind of – I mean, I, I thought Georgia was the better team, but – Given what happened in the SEC championship game and given Nick Saban's track record in these championship games, or just with Alabama, period, you had to ride with Alabama, ride with Nick Saban until someone knocks him off. And Kirby Smart and Georgia hadn't beaten him yet. And for now, it to happen, get like I said, get the monkey off the back, it's great. And congratulations to Georgia because they have been the best team all season long, right from the get-go, with their dominant defensive performance against Clemson and the way they play defense all year long. I mean, they smothered teams. So this is by far this isn't some fluke. Georgia was the real deal this year. I think the biggest surprise in all of this is just the fact that it was Stetson Bennett the fourth that was the catalyst on offense or the guy leading the offense the quarterback considering he was what like third on the depth chart to begin this season agreed on your point where you said that you thought georgia was the better team i would agree that team wise they were the difference is i do think that in a lot of ways bryce young i think still played better than stetson bennett and had the best play of the night the best throw at least yep but there were a lot of throws that Bryce Young made and a lot that he, that he made that Alabama receivers dropped. And yes. the way the game's changed and that, you know, there's so many rules changed that hurt, that hurt the defense. Mm-hmm. I thought having the better quarterback, and not just better, but like significantly better talent-wise, would right. be the difference. And to George's credit, it shows that, you know, all you have to do is have the most talented team in the, in the country and a roster who's all going to play in the NFL. But if you can put that together, it's possible to win a national title with just okay quarterback play. Well, and if Alabama had Mechie and if they had Jamison Williams for a full game, the outcome of this one may have been totally different. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, who knows? Even if they don't get get that field goal blocked, maybe that doesn't change momentum kind of like it did. Sure. Like, like Georgia won, and I think Georgia deserved to win, but we don't have to change a lot of things all of a sudden Alabama wins. Mm Mm-hmm. Nope, I I agree. Yeah, the – it's it says it's thirty three to eighteen, but this game was far closer than what the final score indicated because that pick six at the end really I mean that was inside of the final minute there. Well what you, it was twenty six to eighteen with a minute thirty yeah. left, so it was yeah. still a one score game. Right. And yeah, I mean we we talked that or we talked 
or we mentioned it already, but you know, like you basically started it off with that uh, that Georgia defense getting pressure on the quarterback and making it so he can't uh, can't make the easy throws that he wants to. Also, you remember when we were in like high school? There was a point in time, but maybe even late middle school and early high school for us, where whenever a Heisman Trophy winner played the national title game, they almost exclusively played for. I don't know if I'd say Bryce Young truly played poorly, but mm-hmm. this is kind of that's kind of gone away. Where that's not really a big thing, but but this in some ways did kind of remind me of those, you know, yep. Chris Winkie against Florida State and Eric Crouch against Miami and Jason White against USC, where it's like, oh, the Heisman Trophy winner, yeah. he's going to play great. It's like, well, yeah, he didn't play great tonight, right? And to think, uh, and I wonder, well, uh, can Bryce Young? Uh, vote for himself next year if he has a really good season. I suppose he could. He can vote for himself. I want to. I want to see that happen. I think that would be very fascinating. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming Johnny Manziel and Jameis Winston both voted for themselves the years after they won it. They obviously didn't win it the second time. But yeah, I think if he's up for it, if he's, I mean, he's going to be. I, like well, you're a voter. I mean, you could vote for whoever you want. It's not right. like they narrowed the list. So, I mean, I think. They just you just you will pick, you pick three guys list of one two and three. So any any final thoughts on this on this championship game and this uh, this Georgia win the first national championship for Georgia since 1980 when Herschel Walker was on the team. Yeah, so the last time it had I'm 35 years old. I will be 36 in a month, and the last time Georgia won the national title before today was six years before I was born. So it's been it's been a minute. And uh, the two biggest things I wanted to talk about, you know, we already touched on, the uh, the joke about William Tecumseh Sherman, because mm-hmm. you know I'm always a smart-ass and like jokes. <laughs> and then also the, the two big replays, you know, the touchdown taken away from Georgia and Alabama getting a fumble and then going on to score in that draft. I think the only other thing that I would mention that we didn't touch on already is that the pick six that essentially sealed it, I don't know about you, but very much reminded me of uh, James Harrison's touchdown in the Super Bowl, Ooh. except the difference was that was the end of the second quarter yep. against the uh, against the Cardinals. And it was not – it, it would have been like uh, if he would have done that in the fourth quarter and sealed it. Mm-hmm. But basically, that, just, that is what that reminded me of. It's just like, oh. Is this other team going to score late at the end of the half? And it's like, oh nope, pick. It's like, oh, he's is he going to? Oh no, he's not going to get tackled. He scored a touchdown. Well, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald is far closer to tackling James Harrison than uh, the number eleven for Alabama was to to taking down. Um, was it Seen that had the had the pick six? I believe so. I'm pretty sure it was, but don't quote me on that. Uh, I'll I'll check it out here and. See, but uh, congratulations. Oh, also a stat I just saw on TV. Didn't realize this, but they lost. Alabama lost by 15. It's only the second largest defeat Nick Saban's had at Alabama in terms of score. Wonder and it's the, crazy to think that he's been there since 2007. Wonder what the largest. And he's only is. lost by more than 15 points one time. What do you think the largest is? Was it like to South Carolina or something like that? I remember there was a bowl. Well, the thing is, is that all the games I can think of where you think they get blown out, it's they're down by like 28 and they come back to make it close. Yep. I know there was a bowl game against Oklahoma where 
no one gave Oklahoma a shot to win, and Oklahoma bounced away in tournament. And this was like way back when Derrick Henry was a freshman. But I think I'm pretty sure they just, they still only won by like ten. And there was that old Miss game where you know you, you remember who was that? I mean I can't even think of uh, who was the guy that was Jim Kelly's nephew. Oh, Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly. Yep. Yeah. That they had like the play where he got hit and the ball just gets thrown up in the air. And oh yes, the yes, receiver yes. And, yep. and it just perfectly goes into the Ole Miss receiver. Well, at that point, I think Ole Miss was up by about four touchdowns in that game. Mm-hmm. But Alabama, I think, came all the way back and cut it to like nine. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I, I don't know when. I would imagine it was from his first year in 2007 when they only went like seven and six. The uh, guy with the pick six, Kelly Ringo, uh, for Georgia there. So not not seen. It's Kelly Ringo. So uh, congratulations again to Georgia. I believe we talked about this, was it last week or the week before, about looking ahead already and predicting the, the four college football playoff teams. But let's just rehash that again. What uh, As we look ahead to next year, which is already, you know, in September, you know, when we when we talk uh, about the, the upcoming season, we'll talk in August, so that's a mere seven months away. Um, what are Who are the four teams right four now? Who are the four teams in the college football playoffs? Yes, who that you think right now are going to go. All right, this is not who I'm going to say. The easy thing would be like, oh, well, it's going to be Georgia, and it's going to be Alabama, and it's going to be Ohio State, and it's going to be Clemson. I don't know if it'll be any of those four, but I think that would be the easy one. Mm-hmm. And as you and I both know, can't ever do the easy one. You always got to have a couple wild cards in there. Right. And, of course, the one year neither of us picked Michigan to make the college football playoff is the one year they do it. Yep. But I'm going to say I'm going to say Georgia does not go back. I'm going to say Alabama goes. I'm going to say Ohio State goes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say USC goes. In year one, mm-hmm. under Lincoln Riley. And for the last one, I got to pick someone else. I don't think it's going to be a Big 12 team. Yeah, I guess I'm going Clemson again. I want to have more difference and variance than that. That's three <laughs> very obvious ones, and then an old-school Blue Blood team, but... I guess that's my four as of right now. I love the USC pick. I might hold off on them for a couple of years. I agree completely with you on Alabama and um, and Ohio State. I'm going to go Notre Dame. Uh, I think I thought about picking Notre Dame, and I honestly would like had that on the tip of my tongue. But after I already said USC, I was like, well, I don't know if they're both going to get in if they play each other. That seems a little unlikely. It's possible, but. For that fourth team, I mean, do we really? Th- I mean, could you get two teams from the SEC West? Could you get Alabama? Could you get an Ole Miss or a Texas A and M? Maybe we ride. With I mean, A&M. I would think it would be easier to get teams from the same division mm-hmm. because then you would be like, well, they didn't make the title, the conference title game, but it's because they are only losses to the team in their division that won the conference title. Maybe I'll try A&M, Texas A&M. You know what? I'm changing my mind. No Clemson, so I'm going Alabama, Ohio State, USC. My fourth one, I'm going Boise State. Two years in a row with a group of five nice. teams. Nice. And you know what? The best part is we could change this up in August. So that's true. it doesn't matter. 
and no one will remember maybe by then. So you know what, Stackin? I would bet a, a large chunk of change. I'm not gonna have Boise State in my playoff in August. I'm gonna bet you a large chunk of change that I completely forget who we picked here on January 10th. <laughs> Probably right. Uh, final thing b- before I let you go here. Um, your Dolphins fired Brian Flores, uh, their head coach, on Monday. My Vikings, Travis's Vikings, fired head coach Mike Zimmer and general manager Rick Spielman. Uh, Spielman was a bit of a surprise, but I would say the surprise of the day on Monday was Flores being fired. Um, now that you've had a little bit of time to let the news sink in, what do you make of it? Because it sounds like it didn't have so much to do with the coaching aspect as it did more to do with how Flores got along with the GM and you know just the relationships within the building. That sounds like it's more of the reason why he got fired. But just what are your what are your overall thoughts and who do you hope the Dolphins go after now? My initial thoughts, even having I've not read a ton of stuff, but like you said, that it's more it's not so much on the field stuff. Even with that said, I still think it's incredibly stupid doing this for a team that's had two winning seasons in the last 12 years mm-hmm. before these last two years, they went, Oh, Hey, we finally had back-to-back winning seasons. Like the last time they had had back-to-back winning seasons before this year were my last two years of high school. So the fall of 2002 and 2003 was Jay Fiedler, the quarterback then for at least one of those years. He was, I don't remember if he was still the quarterback in 2003 or not. I think he was, though. But, yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a long time. And that, I mean, look, I don't I don't know if Brian, I don't think Brian Flores was probably ever going to be a top three NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. But they probably had the worst roster in the NFL when he took over. Easily. Like, not exactly when he took over, but, but after they traded away uh, Laramie Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick to get draft picks. Yep. I think they probably did have the worst roster at the NFL. They found a way to get to five wins. Then they had a winning record the next two years, and I realized they didn't make the playoffs either year. But it seemed like they were building and had a chance to do stuff as long as they could get a couple of good draft picks or free agent signings. And to just start over now seems really dumb to me just because I don't know who they're going to get that's better. I mean – if they have a if they have an in and they're secretly going to get Jim Harbaugh, I mean, great. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, if it is, then fine. I'm well, okay with that. Well, because Dolphins owner Stephen Ross is a Michigan alum, and he's like the biggest donor for the University of Michigan. I saw, and he said that he doesn't want to take Harbaugh away from Michigan, which makes sense. But he can say that right now, and maybe something will change. But if it sounds as though Harbaugh, if he's going to coach in the NFL, would be at somewhere else other than Michigan or somewhere other than Miami. And then if that's the case, like, I just, I don't know who they're going to get. I mean, I don't think they're going to get someone who is like an active head coach who they're like, oh, wow, what a great hire Miami. I would assume they're going to hire an offensive or defensive coordinator who doesn't have any head coaching experience. And then it's basically like the last three or four head coaching hires they've made where you're just rolling the dice and they're already kind of at a disadvantage because they're so 
they're so scatterbrained and chaotic that they can never stick with plans ever that it's like, this was the first time I ever remember them building in the last like 15 years when Flores took over. Cause what would always happen is they would always overrate how much talent they had. Mm-hmm. They would say like, Oh, well we're just two signings away from making the playoffs. Let's sign this, this high priced diva receiver and we'll draft a guy and then we'll be good to go. And then they go six and 10 it's like, nope, that didn't work. Turns out we're not that good after all. And I just, ultimately, I just think this is going to end with five years from now. We're going, oh, Miami has not had a winning record since they fired Brian Flores. It turns out that probably wasn't the brightest idea. Well, how attractive of a job is this Miami Dolphins job? I mean, I always think of things in terms of college football, so it's a little tough to change to my NFL thing. I mean, I can sure. do it to a degree, yep. but... But obviously, in terms of, like, recruiting, I mean, I realize you can recruit and, you know, free agent signings, there's recruiting also. But generally, that's just who's going to get paid more or, who, or who's going to pay me more money mm-hmm. or where do I have a shot at winning the Super Bowl. I think, you know, if, if you like weather, it's great. If you're like, I want to live somewhere warm where it's not going to snow, then that's good. If you want to talk to Dan but, Levitard every day and, and you know, like, smoke cigars and and do all night bingers with uh, Stu Gotts, then that's a great uh, yeah. spot. <laughs> big big upside if you want to do that also. The downside is that I think I, I think they have a solid roster. I am kind of, I mean, I'm not like publicly yelling and screaming that he's awful and they have to get rid of him now, but I'm kind of in the, I don't think too is the guy and they're just killing time until they realize that he's not the guy and get rid of him. So you're saddled with a young quarterback who's not been overly impressive. And while you have a decent roster talent-wise, I don't think it's a top-five talent roster, and you also have a you know GM and ownership who, for a while, have frequently made bad decisions and turn on the whim of a dime to fire people. I mean, Tony Sperano and Adam Gase, and we can make all the Adam Gase jokes we want about how bad he did with the Jets, but... Both those guys made the playoffs in their first year in Miami. I think by year three, they were both fired. It was like, nope, back-to-back losing seasons. I don't care if you were 7-9 and nine or 6-10 and ten and not that far under. We're getting rid of you and starting over, and then they would be really bad. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I don't know why we're so bad right now. And I think they're just basically continuing the cycle. And, I mean, it's possible whoever they hire is truly going to be an elite head coach next. I I hope they get lucky with whatever offensive coordinator they hire. Since Flores was the defensive coordinator, I'm assuming they're going to go the other way and pick an offensive coordinator. Oh, you aren't going to go to Mike Zimmer, huh? Look, I would be okay if they took Mike Zimmer, if I'm being completely honest with the stacking. I think Zimmer's a decent head coach. I don't think he's a great head coach. I think there's only three or four great head coaches. And those guys don't leave their jobs ever. So you're just trying to get lucky in the right situation. And I don't think Zimmer would probably be great in Miami, but he's at least having a track record of like, I'm not saying he's good, but not being a terrible head coach where I, I, I'm honestly like, I, I don't want to sound too pessimistic, but I'm basically expecting the dolphins to hire like an offensive coordinator with no head coaching experience that is not one of the top three offensive coordinator candidates to be a head coach. So, like, not Eric Bieniemy or one of the guys that a lot of teams want. Mm-hmm. Like, someone that you're like, oh, their offense wasn't that great. Is this guy going to be good? 
and then they're going to suck for the first two years and be like, well, I guess we're going to fire him now. Hopefully, yep. like I don't. Whoever they hire, I don't know if it'll only be one year. I think I hope they at least have two get two or three years out of the person. But I expect it to be a Cam Cameron or Joe Philbin situation, sure. where it's like, oh, we hired someone that's not good, and, and if they could have been good, they would have needed structure and good ownership, mm-hmm. and we don't have that, so they are not put in a situation to succeed. Well, I for for your sake, I hope they land a, a good fish, a good hire. Um, that the pun intended there. And uh, hopefully you can have some success, except next year when the Vikings travel to South Beach to take on the Dolphins, whenever that may be. Hopefully not in September. I mean, the Dolphins and the Vikings, that's an all-time great ocean matchup. You got a powerful ocean animal against a powerful sailing and uh, shipbuilding people. So, yeah, I mean, I think that should be a great battle in uh, in South Beach. (laughs) Very much so. Well, we'll we'll talk about that as we uh, get closer to that date. But Charlie, I al- I've always appreciate the time that you provide me and and coming on the podcast. Uh, always enjoy talking college football with you throughout the college football season. You are always welcome to come on the podcast whenever. So if you want to talk about anything, you just give me a holler and I'll get you on the podcast whenever. Um, but if not, for sure, we'll see you in August. Sounds good, buddy. Another year under our belts of college football seasons. Another one I enjoy talking to you, man. Well, I appreciate it as always. Again, thank you so much for the time, and we'll chat soon, my friend. Yep. Have a good one. You too. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, uh, kind enough to spend some time with us here on the on the Sports Block podcast talking Georgia winning the national championship over Alabama. So congratulations to the University of Georgia and to Bulldogs fans and alum everywhere. We're going to wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. I was looking ahead to like trying to figure out, okay, when's the Senior Bowl? Because, I mean, we haven't talked to Jeff Lloyd second in, in, in months. It's been almost a full year. It's like eight months since we haven't talked to him since the NFL draft. Uh, so the Senior Bowl, the Reese's Senior Bowl, isn't until February 5th. So uh, less than a month away, but we'll, we'll get Jeff. We'll hopefully get Jeff on then, and uh, the head of the scouting com- combine, and then uh, before the draft. So we'll get him on multiple times here, hopefully, as we near said NFL draft, or as we get into the NFL offseason. So uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll get Jeff Lloyd second on from the Lockdown Browns podcast on a bunch here in the upcoming weeks and months but we are going to look back at week 18 in the nfl and then make some picks for wild card weekend super wild card weekend in the nfl and so it uh, let's go back to week 18 it began on saturday with kansas city chiefs beating the denver broncos 28 to 24 the chiefs offense Looked fine in this one. The Broncos, Drew Locke played fairly well, and they were driving late. They had a 21-20 lead, and then Melvin Gordon fumbled it. He got tackled by Melvin Ingram, Melvin on Melvin Crime. Rookie linebacker Nick Bolton picked it up, ran the ball all the way for a touchdown. Chiefs would ultimately prevail 28-24. Cowboys beat the Eagles 51-26. The Eagles 
sat many starters, some with COVID, some they just didn't want to get injured because they were already locked into the playoffs. The Cowboys were playing for seeding. This game was tied midway through, and then the and then Dak Prescott and the Cowboys really turned it on uh, a notch. Dak Prescott throws five touchdowns, a career high for him as the Cowboys win big. Sunday then, the Vikings beat the Bears 31-17. Uh, very slow start for the Vikings. Offense finally picked up their final drive of the, of the first half. Uh, they carried that momentum into the second half. Amir Smith-Marset with a long touchdown catch. Justin Jefferson, a long touchdown catch. Uh, K.J. Osborne, a great touchdown. And Patrick Peterson, a pick six. Uh, so the Vikings get the 31-17 win, finish the season 8-9, but not good enough for Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman to keep their jobs. They are fired. Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger helps lead them to a 16-13 overtime win against Baltimore. I mean, just big Big Ben doesn't have much left in the tank. He didn't have some great throws, but he did make the throws when they counted, and the Steelers ultimately prevailed for the 16-13 win in overtime. Washington football team beats the New York Giants 22-7. All you need to know about this game is that it was third and nine from their own four or five yard line, and the Giants went for a quarterback sneak because they are that inept on offense. That's all you need to know about this game. Washington. Got the win. Titans, number one, the, the the AFC playoffs go through Nashville, Tennessee, as the Titans beat the Houston Texans 28-25. to uh, they, they got out to a 21-0 lead. The, give the Houston Texans a lot of credit because they came roaring back, made it a game, cut the deficit to three multiple times. Ultimately, though, Ryan Tannehill, four touchdown passes. He was the difference maker there, and the Titans get the 28-25 win. Lions beat the Green Bay Packers 37-30. Packers didn't have anything to play for. They had the one seed already locked up. Aaron Rodgers did play a half. The first half, multiple starters played at least the first half for the Packers. But the Lions actually held the lead at the half, and they would keep that lead in the second half. They get the win to finish the season 3-13-1. Cleveland Browns beat the Cincinnati Bengals 21-16. Case Keenum against Kyle Allen, a battle of backup quarterbacks. Keenum and the Browns ultimately prevailed 21-16. The stunner of the day happened in Jacksonville, where the Indianapolis Colts looked absolutely pathetic. Carson Wentz was awful. Jonathan Taylor couldn't get anything going. The Colts' defense was bad. Trevor Lawrence easily had his best game of the season end of his young career for the Jacksonville Jaguars throws for two touchdowns and the Jaguars get a 26 to 11 win over the Indianapolis Colts who have not won in Jacksonville since 2014 just amazing uh Buffalo Bills beat the New York Jets 27 to 10 slow start for the Bills offense the Jets defense kept a minute but ultimately Josh Allen Devin Singletary did their did the job that they need to do Bills clinched the AFC East with the win what a fantastic game in L.A. between the 49ers and the L.A. Rams. The Rams jumped out to a 17-0 lead in the first half. Matthew Stafford looked great. The 49ers did get a field goal late in the first half, carried that momentum, made some adjustments at the half, and wow, did they play great in the second half. Great runs. Debo Samuel had a, a lot of, uh, he rushed the ball well. He threw a touchdown pass. He ran for one. He was fantastic. Jimmy Garoppolo played well, and the 49ers come back to beat the Rams 27-24 and clinch a spot in the NFC playoffs. 
the 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 Rams and the Cardinals are playing at the same time. The Cardinals had a chance then to win the NFC West with a win over the Seahawks. It didn't happen. Uh, they strip sacked uh, Russell Wilson on the first play and ran the ball back for a touchdown. Thought maybe it was the Cardinals' day. It wasn't. Kyler Murray and the offense struggled once again. Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny, excuse me, and DK Metcalf. Big games for the the Seahawks. They win 38 to 30 to finish the season seven and ten. Uh, Arizona's lost now four of five. Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots 33 to 24. Patriots just suck in South Beach. Uh, the Dolphins got out to a 17 nothing lead. They had a pick six of Mac Jones. Patriots did fight back, but ultimately Miami wins uh, and keeps New England from winning the AFC East. New Orleans Saints beat the Atlanta Falcons 30 to 20. Taysom Hill got injured, so Trevor Simeon had to come in. The Falcons, several miscues or whatever, you know, not getting it on fourth down in the second half when they could have kicked a field goal. Probably would have been the smart play there. Would have been better, uh, but the Saints ultimately prevail 30-20. to 20, But they are not in the playoffs because the 49ers came back and won. Had the 49ers lost, the Saints would have been in the postseason. Tom Brady, great once again. Mike Evans, two receiving touchdowns, over 1,000 yards receiving now for eight straight seasons to begin the NFL his NFL career. That is a record. The Buccaneers get the 41-17 win. And then the game of the year, the Raiders and the Chargers almost finished in a tie that would have put both teams in the playoffs. We could spend an hour just recapping this game. Uh, Travis, I talked about it just earlier. The Raiders were were seemed destined to just say, hey, we're just going to go for the tie. The Chargers inexplicably call a timeout. Brandon Staley got a lot of explaining to do, man. And the Raiders kick a field goal with no time remaining in overtime for the 35-32 win, which put Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Had they not attempted the field goal, had uh, Daniel Carlson missed it, both the Raiders and the Chargers would have been in. And that's how we get to the playoffs. And it begins on, on Saturday. 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC and Peacock. It is the Cincinnati Bengals, the four seed against the Las Vegas Raiders, the five seed. Uh, it's in Cincinnati, like I said, 3.30 uh, Central Time on NBC. I'm going to go with the Bengals here. Uh, the, the Raiders played great, uh, but that's a lot of energy spent in that game. I don't know if Max Crosby and that Raiders defensive line will have that same sort of um, energy and um, results that they had, though the Bengals' offensive line isn't very good. The Bengals, though, too many weapons on offense. I like the Bengals to get their first win since, what, 1990 in the playoffs? So, great job there. First playoff win, not just first win, just first playoff win. Anyway, uh, then the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. In uh, It's a 3-6 matchup in the AFC uh, playoffs. 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on CBS if the weather isn't too windy, I think Josh Allen and the Bills prevail. I don't think it's supposed to be bad. Certainly not the conditions that they were on the Monday night football game or Monday night game before a few weeks back. The Patriots haven't looked the same since then. I like the Bills to beat the Patriots. Then we have Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. It's the seven-seeded Philadelphia Eagles against the two-seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC playoffs. Again, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, fantastic what they've done this season. 
no way I'm picking against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Buccaneers roll in this one. They, I think, are starting to get people healthy back on there. Oh, I think we might have uh, Leonard Fournette back. They're going to get some defensive players back. I like them to win. Uh, San Francisco 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Nickelodeon's going to do a kids cast, so that's going to be a lot of fun. They did a great job last year with Bears um, and and Saints, so that should be entertaining. This is the the 3-6 matchup, and I think the Cowboys have the best. If there's a team in the NFC that can take down the Green Bay Packers, it's the Dallas Cowboys. But this is a bad matchup for the Cowboys. I think San Francisco with just their running ability. Now, Micah Parsons is great. But is he going to be able to stop Debo Samuel? Um, just with what the 49ers have done, I think there's confidence there. I think the Cow- I think the 49ers beat the Cowboys. That's my upset here of the first round. If the Cowboys prevail, I think they can, they'll, they'll be in the NFC Championship game to take on Green Bay. I think the 49ers can do it. Give me the 49ers here for the upset. And then the 9-7-1 Pittsburgh Steelers at the 12-5. Well, what don't matter, the records. The seven-seeded Steelers against the two-seeded Kansas City Chiefs, 8-15 p.m. Eastern, 7-15 p.m. Central Time on NBC on Sunday night. I'm very nervous about this game because the Steelers are playing with house money. The Chiefs crushed them 36-10 back in the regular season. This is a different, uh, whole different ball game here, though, in the playoffs. Steelers, there's just something about them that they've kind of caught lightning in a bottle. There's magic there. The Chiefs are the more talented team, so I'm going to take Kansas City, but don't be surprised if the upset happens here. And then uh, Monday night playoff game, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2 with the Manning cast. It's the five-seeded Arizona Cardinals at the four-seed LA Rams. I, the Cardinals, what something happened to them. I, I get that the DeAndre Hopkins injury was part of it and just injuries in general, but this team's fallen off. I, they can certainly beat the Rams, but I'm going to take the Rams to get the win here, I think. Just with the way the Cardinals have looked here lately, not liking the way it's going, so give me the Rams to win that. And those are your wild card picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack. Stackattack.sportsblog.com in our playoff edition Football Friday post. Congratulations again to Georgia. What a season for them. Um, thanks as always to Travis and Charlie for coming on with me. Travis is on Twitter at Travis Crins. Charlie on Twitter at C.E. Hildebrand. Uh, I'm on Twitter at ND Stack and Facebook Nathan Stack and a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Uh, we will, uh, of course, be keeping an eye on especially, specifically the Minnesota Vikings, but all the NFL head coaching news and uh, hirings and any additional firings that happen. But um, uh, we, uh, it's a sad day for the Vikings, but. Moving forward, I think the Wilfs know what they need to do, and it sounds like the players want it, want a change as well. Mike Zimmer just wore out his welcome, and now we see what the Vikings will do. So we'll react to the news next week as to what happens. We'll react to the playoffs. We'll talk college basketball. We'll talk NBA, whatever. We'll talk about it all. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you tune in again next week. Enjoy the NFL playoffs. Like I say, we'll talk about it all next week. And congratulations again 
to the University of Georgia, to Georgia alum and Georgia fans everywhere, on the national championship. The end of the college football season is is done now. Georgia is your national champions. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week on the Sports Block Podcast.